0: Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best-time move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campia Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you our international friends gather around we talk about our favorite things in the world. Movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all sorts of good things sitting right over here. He is writer, director, producer, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir?
1: John, i got to give a shout out to the post-geek singularity and everybody that understands. In Canada, today is a glorious day. Today is a day we celebrate around the world. John, today is a day that the greatest Canadian kid who ever lived, William Shatner, Turns 91 years old.
0: Happy birthday, Will. Happy birthday, indeed, sitting over here. She made it in two days in a row. Her car got her here. Chris Carr is here. Chris, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. I'm having such a good actor week. I got to run home after here and do a bunch of commercial auditions. I've got a really fun animation audition this week where I get to be like a demon and stuff. Oh. Do I you have, have a demon time. voice? I'm working on it right now. So most of the time it has to be sweet and be like cute. And then I transition into a demon. So then I'm going to do
0: a lot of this kind of stuff. So kind of like wow. Logan's every day or. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Anytime Logan doesn't unload the dishwasher. Just for those, voice. Logan is, is Chris's husband. Yeah. No and then sitting right here joining you guys in the live chat today who just watched The Godfather for the first time in preparation for The Godfather movie club that we got coming up later today. Ray Aura,
3: Ray. What a horrible movie! (laughs) I can't believe you'd say that. I'm just kidding. The only time I turn into a demon is in the restroom. Oh
0: my god! That's
2: what I'll channel, Ray.
3: By the way, you got it. Mics (laughs) are live, Ray. You love The Godfather. I did. I did. I'm telling you, right now, just amazing. All
0: right, guys. Well, listen, it is also great to have you guys here joining us on this fine day. We hope you're having a good one. Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break the show down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you're watching live and only if you're watching this live and you want to get in a comment or question to be read at the end of the main topic, simply use the super chat feature right there in the YouTube chat and send them in. We'll get to those once we get to the end of the main topics now if you're watching this show any of the other 22 hours during the day and you'd like to get a question for me or rob or both of us to address simply use the tip link down in the description below and get a question in for our show mailbag that we do three times a week just send that question into www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv tip or once again just click on the link down in the description of the video you'll be getting your comment or question read on mailbag if we deem your comment or question appropriate to be used on mailbag of course and of course you'll be supporting the channel at the same time and all of us involved with in the show thank you guys so much for your support also want to remind you guys, if you need your daily fix of The John Campion Show but can't be in front of a YouTube video, maybe you're driving, you're at the gym, good news, there is the audio-only version of the show. We simply call The John Campion Show Podcast, and it is available on your favorite podcasting app of choice. Look at those five shiny stars. That is awesome there. Ooh. So just go and subscribe to that podcast now. Also, we have another separate podcast feed for our show movie club that we were just talking about here today again just go onto your favorite podcasting app of choice look for movie club a john campion show podcast and subscribe to that and listen in on the movie club goodness okay guys with that down let's move into our off the tops here shall we And we only have one off the top here and that is this you know i this is going to be, I think, the first time other than birth and the first couple of birthdays that I celebrated in my life. This is going to be the first time that I go two years in a row without watching the Oscars. Whoa. What? Wow. Yeah, yeah I, have no, I have no interest in watching the Oscars this year. I'm very interested in the results of the Oscars. I will very eagerly wake up the following morning and look up the results. I'm going to be very, very interested in the results. I am not interested this. Last year was for obvious reasons. They shouldn't have even had an Oscar ceremony last year. They did it in the train station and uh, it, no. It was just it was a blunder dusterfuck right from the beginning. They never should have done it. <laughs> Hashtag dusterfuck. Uh, this year I I'm gonna admit I lost my interest and I feel bad about this. But this year I lost my interest when I heard who the hosts were gonna be. And I've never lost my interest in the Oscars, even when they've announced a host I wasn't interested in. And I feel bad about saying that because I actually like the three ladies that are hosting. I like each one of them individually, particularly Hall. Like, I, I, I like them very, very much, but they are not the people who should be hosting the Oscars any more than I should be hosting the Oscars, right? And so I I, I got to admit, I kind of lost my verb my Then, of course in the ongoing campaign, as Chris would put it, the Oscars, but why, or why for? For why? For why, Oscars, for why? (laughs) We find out yesterday that the lead actress of the best film of the year, nominated for Best Picture of the Academy Awards, West Side Story, Rachel Ziegler, wasn't even invited to the Oscars, despite the fact that she asked to be able to go. And they said no. Oh, but you know who's going to the Oscars? Don't worry, everybody. Diddy. Diddy's going to the Oscars. Now, listen, I like Diddy as much as anybody else. But Diddy's going to the Oscars. Sean White. Wait, the snowboarder? Yes. Who I've idolized for many years. He's this guy. He just retired, I think, from competitive snowboarding after the recent Olympics. The guy's a hero. He's amazing. He's going to the Oscars. Tony Hawk, iconic skateboarder. I'm sorry. Tony Hawk. He's going to the Oscars. But wait, there's more. It's not just that Diddy and Sean White and who did I just mention? Tony Tony Hawk are going to the Oscars. They're presenting at the Oscars. And, and for those of you double checking your speakers to see if they're connected correctly. Yes. I just said that Diddy, Sean White and Tony Hawk are presenting at the Oscars and Oscars were the lead actress of the best picture nominated film. West side story is not even allowed to go. Uh, Golden Derby has kind of given us a, uh, an update here on the, presenter's list. Now, usually the presenter's list at the Oscars is a up and down roll call of Hollywood royalty. And while there are absolutely a couple of very notable names on here, for sure. Sir Anthony Hopkins, for example, is listed as one of the presenters. Uh, But we also have DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled! (laughs) We the best
3: Oscars! Another one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or whatever he's saying. R&B! <laughs> or oh, whatever.
0: And again, I know. love love DJ I love DJ Khaled's music, particularly when he works with Drake. It makes some great music. Uh, absolutely. I just want to remind everybody that the lead actress of the Best Picture-nominated film is not even allowed to come. They're not going to let her in the door. The bouncer's going to say, your name's not on the list. Get out of here. Right this way, Mr. Hawk. <laughs> or DJ Khaled. So it's
1: just like any other Hollywood club.
0: It's, so it's just like any other Hollywood club. And then like a number of TV personalities. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like there's a couple of good names on here. Like we've got, um, like I said, Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. is on here. Um, Academy Award winner. A, 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 another Academy Award winner. Halle Berry is on here. Should be five time Academy Award winner. Jennifer Garner is on there. <laughs> I mean, I, no, don't get me wrong. There are some good. There's some good names. There's also like just some secondary TV
3: names. Don't you, tell me, Don't tell me the kids from South Park. I, I did not see the kids from oh, South okay, Park. Okay, because that would be horrible. <laughs> Although that could be fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that could be fun.
3: They've had animated like TV characters names, present
0: athletes. Before. Whatever. And you know, Rob, you were pointing <laughs> you were pointing out to me before the show that's like like traditionally this is a that whole roll call would be A-list, 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 A-list top to bottom. All the way down as far as you can fire but in a year again let me repeat that they are not permitting the lead actress of the best picture nominated film the what best picture nominated steven spielberg film west side story is not allowed to go and again we are left to ask as chris would say oscars for why what what is going on now? Listen, I had already made my decision. I'm not going to watch the Oscars. I'm going to be very interested in reading the results. But Rob, once you sent this uh, this update to me, it's like, well, that pretty much confirms that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what they've done to the Oscars here, but you you are keeping out the actual filmmakers and actors and performers, but you are bringing in a snowboarder, a skateboarder. All due respect. All due respect. Big fan, but this is the Oscar. I don't know. Robbie saw this. What did you think?
1: Well, maybe Rachel Ziegler is going to get to go to the Olympics for (laughs) free. Sure. You know, I I know I, I, John, I, I, I feel that our culture is suffering from this idea that, that people don't like things to be what they are anymore. Let's change everything. Let's, let's, let's make it of now of today, the whole, the whole point of having something like the Oscars. They've had Oscars since what? 1927 wings was the first Oscar winning movie. The Oscars are what they are. It, it is it is a celebration of the art of filmmaking, and it's a celebration of Hollywood and Can Hollywood. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yes,
0: because somebody in the live chat
2: just corrected me. Haley Bailey.
0: It's not Halle huh? Berry. It's Haley Berry. <laughs> Wait, that's so The Little Mermaid. Yeah, yeah sorry, Don't get me wrong. Nothing. Ro- okay, I have. She's gonna be the star of The Little Mermaid. No problem with her being there. It's just that what was one of the names that was like, okay, Hollywood legendary. The Oscar Academy Award winner. Oh, oh, Incredible in Moonfall. Oh, wait a minute. It's not even her. So just wait, wait, just
1: pointed <laughs> out. wait, are you telling me that the Little Mermaid, Ariel gets to go to the Oscars, but, but Snow, White Snow White does not? Yes. Is that because of the Snow White? rob lowe thing they don't want to evoke the past <laughs> of the oscars so it's snow white's been blacklisted from the oscars I, I, is I that what's going on i don't think
0: that's what's happening but it's just that it's just i just I found it funny that one of the few things okay okay hollywood royalty academy award winner hallie bear okay and then somebody in chat goes uh john you might want to look at that again i'm sorry rob and
1: again no hey, not at starring all
0: starring in in a in a significant upcoming movie that's great that she's there i'm just
1: but it's I, just, not Halle Berry. There's, I just didn't realize there's a hierarchy of Disney princesses now yeah, that can go to the Oscars. I mean, this is something that's good to know. No, you know, you can't change things from being what they actually are as much as people want to. And I feel that that one of the great problems, especially in entertainment now, is everyone is chasing. Everyone's running around trying to make the Oscars something they're not instead of embracing what they actually are. And, and celebrate our rich legacy of films you know we talked about john <laughs> the idea of having all three spider-man host the oscars that looked like the right choice to me that was that was the biggest that it, was the it biggest Checks
0: all the boxes right checks, uh, younger audience movie that saved the movie industry
1: three significant movie stars it checked all the boxes. i, I mean plus plus you can have all the villains come out too you know oh and all the gosh. villains you had jamie foxx Who's won an Oscar? Willem Dafoe, how many Oscars has he been nominated for? You could have just brought the cast of Spider-Man No Way Home out and checked all your boxes. And who wouldn't have been surprised? And instead, look, I don't want to denigrate any of these people. They've all they've all accomplished no, things in other d- fields. All due respect to them. All due respect in the world. Yeah, I, I just... what? Who are you trying to appeal to? That, like, like, are you trying to appeal to the extreme sports audience by bringing in surfers or skateboarders or... Or, uh, or snowboarders, that's really great, but don't they have like the Olympics or the X Games or uh, let's talk about the Grammy Awards, I, I, but let's not bring in movie stars? It's such a weird thing. I feel like across the board, it, the younger generation is being, you know, John, we were kids when we fell in love with the Oscars. I fell in love with the Oscars as an eight-year-old, Get to, getting to see People on the big screen getting to see Hollywood come out. I started dreaming of, of, of the Oscars and being a part of Hollywood when I was a little kid. You know, and now, uh, and I've watched it my whole life. Now, as an older guy, what, is the Oscars not for me? Am I supposed to understand that, oh, Rob, you know, the Oscars that you watched since you were a kid are no longer for you. And I keep getting told that. And I'm like, how about the fact that you're making these things not good anymore? Does well, that have something? Does that play into it? I'm all. I'm totally
0: okay with them evolving it over time. Like, absolutely. oh, of course, evolution's but good. I've always said this. I've always said this. Is, this is the movie night. This is the night celebrating the art of filmmaking and storytelling. Like, and I've said that before too. Even some of my favorite Oscar hosts. I've said I kind of wish they didn't host because I want a movie person hosting the big movie night of the year. And I kind of feel that way too about this. And I feel like they're just getting away, away, Rob, you're kind of pointing this out from what, They are like, I don't mind like play around with procedural things, play around with segments, play around. Like I'm all fine with that. But once you start getting away from what you are and I know, and I might be making a much bigger deal out of this than before. And maybe this will be like everything else. Maybe they'll do it this year. Realize it didn't work like they did with the train station. They'll do it this year. Realize, okay, that didn't work. And next year they're course, course correct. Great. But I mean, it's just, again, as you got to understand guys, to me, the Oscars is my second favorite day of the year. Other than Christmas, more than my birthday, more than my anniversary, I can't say that loud. It's but okay. She doesn't watch the show. She, you know, she pretty much doesn't. <laughs> um, but, but the Oscars are my second favorite day of the year, and I'm sitting here going, I, and now I don't, I don't want to watch them this year. I'm not. It's not that I actively don't want to watch it. It's just that I, I'm not interested in watching it. I'll just read the results anyway. Chris, you're seeing all this. I don't know. What do you make of what we're seeing?
2: I mean, I am confused by DJ Khaled, Sean White, Tony Hawk, like. I I love pro skater as much as the next person, but I don't think we've had a new one of those since 2020. Like, and that's a very millennial game. If we are trying to reach out to younger people, I don't know if those are the folks that we're trying to get. Um, That's a very millennial target audience. I just don't understand why we have them presenting though, instead of Rachel, that's the thing that I keep scratching my head over. And you know, I do I do like these hosts. I'm interested to see how the three of them come together. That's my issue right now is that's not a trio that I've seen work together. I would love to see Amy or Regina or Wanda. I've never seen them do something as a unit, so that's where I'm kind of scratching my yeah. head on that one too. And in the past, I have enjoyed a lot of TV personalities as hosts, you know, I really like Tina Fey and Amy Schumer, I, or not Amy Schumer, Johnny excuse Johnny Carson, me, Amy,
0: before our time, but Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson,
2: yeah. um, you know, Amy Poehler. Uh, I've enjoyed Dave folks Leverman. like that. David Although Letterman. Letterman
0: didn't work so well, yeah. that's right. Billy Crystal, Oprah, who started on SNL Uma, and then moved Uma. over to
2: film, make, film obviously. Um, so I am still gonna watch, I'm gonna watch too so I can do the red carpet stuff with my mom and text her. But so far, it feels like every choice is very much that for why are we doing this? What is the rhyme or reason to any of these choices? Because it seems very spaghetti, right? We're just throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks and I don't understand the methodology.
1: But you know what? Having someone like a Rachel Ziegler, why isn't she presenting an award as opposed to a Sean White? Yeah, that's my contribution. How does does anybody go into a boardroom with a straight face at the Academy and decide, yes, as the producer of the show, here's what we're going to do. Who are you appealing to? Like, like, I don't understand. I honestly don't understand. It's the Oscars that's honoring movies. So why are you having sports figures presenting awards at the Oscars? Like where in anyone's logic, where did that come into play where somebody obviously not only did somebody come up with the idea, they implemented that idea. Nobody stopped and thought, wow, you know, we've got lots of up and coming young actors Or actresses that have been in a lot of things that are really exciting that our target audience that we're going after likes and yet we're not using them. So who are you trying to attract with Sean White and Kelly Slater and Tony Hawk? Like, I love Tony Hawk, and I've been playing Tony Hawk's video game. How long have they been making that video game? Many years. You know, it's like, and I'm, that's, is, is that who they're going after now? Well, wouldn't they have him come present at the Video Game Awards? Doesn't that make more sense? I know that there is a Tony Hawk documentary a recent so maybe oh, there's that could be
2: why, though. I mean okay. if he's going
1: to give in, uh, give out the best documentary award that, makes sense that to me, could then. be interesting but still no, it's
0: not not unless he made the documentary he directed it well, and produced it over it's years then, then no it, it doesn't make any sense but I me. just I don't understand the, the thought
1: process like so often I don't understand modern entertainment's thought process he's about a lot of things but Look, the clear thing here is Ray Orr should have hosted.
3: Oh yeah, the Academy Awards Wait, this year. Have we? Are we even sure what Rachel? Her, what her name Ziegler. is? Uh, is doing right now. Maybe she. Snow White She's no, not no, available. No,
0: no, no, no. She she got on social media and said, Oh, I'm not going because I didn't get an invite. I reached out and asked, and I still didn't get an invite. Okay. They just straight up told her no. <laughs> you you can't come. Uh. <laughs> you can't come. You can't be on this Oscar stage. We got DJ Khaled. Come on, he was in uh, what's the acapella movie? Of the, Pitch Perfect. He was in Pitch Perfect two or three. Was it what? I can't remember. I but he appeared. Uh, maybe it was three. He, DJ Khaled, co-star of Pitch Perfect
1: three. But he's got to be up there. It kind of just dilutes with this whole. I mean, this was Hollywood, the Tinsel Town, the magic, the pomp and circumstance, the gala,
3: the dreams, John that's what the oscars were about that sounds like a frankenstein show like they're just putting pieces it together it really at the does face. yeah that's a perfect
0: that's a perfect now this is a it feels like a frankenstein show that they're just kind of throwing a whole bunch of shit against a wall yeah. and seeing <laughs> if some of it is spaghetti and sticks mm-hmm.
1: but and i i, 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 don't I know. mean the funny thing is that's the exact opposite way you should actually make movies yeah you know <laughs> yeah, movies require screenplays and Planning and production mm-hmm. designers and cinematographers and directors to, like, yeah. plan things out.
2: But going back to your point, though, too, John, I mean, you can't innovate something without testing things out. So maybe this is just a whole bunch of attempts at innovation just happening all at once. And maybe some things will pan out well. Maybe. Just to be a little optimistic on this. But,
0: like, go, let's go to the controversy about them presenting some of the, the categories prior to the live airing mm-hmm. and then, you know, showing it afterwards. I look at that, and like it or not like it, I look at that and I see the plan. Like, I see what the... You can agree with the intention or disagree with the intention, but you can see what it is they're trying to do. You you understand whether you think it's a good idea or a bad idea. You see what the machinations are. You see what their target is and what their goal is. I don't... I look at what everything that's going on with the Oscars right now. I have no idea what the plan is. I can't see the slightest outline in a cloud i can see a pikachu in a cloud clearer than i can see the outline of what the oscars plan well, is that's right now. whimsical and cute <laughs> i have no idea what their plan is and here's the problem i don't think they know what their plan is i think they're literally sitting in a room going well that sounds like a neat idea do it well how does that fit with the whatever who cares fit just do it i I think it's going to be a car wreck of a show, and just because I love the Oscars so much, I don't want to watch the car wreck.
1: But you know what? We're seeing this across the board in terms of of it's not just the Oscars, but we talk about Bob Chapek's reign at Disney. Where where where's the direction? Where's the where's the vision? Where's the anymore? plan? Yeah, planning.
0: We need some schemers. We need schemers. Anyway, guys, question is for you: What do you think about? Everything about the status of the Oscars. Are you going to watch the Oscars this year? Maybe yes, maybe no. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Hey guys, we want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, HelloFresh. So guys, look, my wife, Ann and I were both working professionals, so we know how tricky, difficult, and time-consuming it can be to try to eat properly and prepare your own meals at home. And that's why, like over a year ago, we started using HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. I mean, you skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and probably most importantly, affordable. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your orders online or right in the app. Easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the exact same quality, and you can save on average over $65 a month when you order HelloFresh instead of going grocery shopping. So guys, I'm telling you, whether you are single or have a family, you are going to love HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash campia 16 and use the promo code campia 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts that's again hellofresh.com slash campia 16 and use that promo code campia 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts hellofresh america's number one meal kit and a big thank you to the good folks at hellofresh for sponsoring this episode of the john campia show all right With that down, guys, let's get into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime, 24-7, over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today?
2: This comes from Oliver Carey. Hey, John. So Crazy Rich Asians was a major hit making over $230 million on a $30 million budget. With that kind of success, I would think we would have had a sequel by now, but it's almost been three years since the first film opened. They just reported that a new writer has come into the movie. So my question is, do you think that means we might see the next movie soon? Is 2023 too much to ask for? What are your thoughts?
0: All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Oliver. Crazy Rich Asians is one of the bigger pleasant surprise movies I've seen in the last number of years. I I mean, it looked clever. It looked cute. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I'm married into an Asian family, and my, my wife was all excited to see it. I mean, so, and Henry Golding is a guy I've, I've really grown to like a lot. But I wasn't quite prepared for absolutely how charming and funny, and a word I like to use a lot, but delightful, that movie was. That movie's great. I love Michelle Yeoh, kills it. Constance Wu is great in it. I mean, the whole cast topped bottom. And really, it introduced the world to Cersei, uh, the actress um from, Emma from Chen. A, what's that uh, Gem- Gemma chan Gemma chan is that it yeah
1: Gemma yeah chan. and i'm still mad at her husband in that movie yes boy did he lose out
0: yeah what the hell were you thinking dude it reminds me of when on. what was it was it hugh grant that cheated on elizabeth hurley do you do you get do you remember yeah. this for those you guys got to look up this youtube video but hugh grant was married to one of the most beautiful actress models of all time elizabeth hurley and he got caught very publicly cheating on her i think with a prostitute mm-hmm. I, I can't remember and I remember on his first public appearance, I think it was Jay Leno. I think he went on the Jay Leno show. So he goes, my guest coming in the upcoming movie, uh, whatever the name of the movie is, Hugh Grant. So Hugh Grant comes walking out, sits down, and Jay Leno just looks at him and goes, what the hell were you thinking? I mean, that's, that's the first thing. But yeah, that's the exact thought that goes through your head as you're watching Crazy Rich Asians with the guy cheating on Gemma Chan's character. But the movie was a a massive success. It was made for like $30 million. So it was a huge hit. And I guarantee you the sequel is going to make more A popular book series, the whole, the whole gambit, but they hit a big snag. When there was a big kerfuffle with the writers, when it came out that one of the writers, there was big pay equity between the two writers. One writer was getting paid like 10 times more than the other writer or something like that. But now it looks like we finally got some movement. This comes to us from IndieWire, who write the following. Warner Brothers and Color Force have tapped Chinese-Australian writer Amy Wang to pen the sequel, which will star Constance Wu and Henry Golding. Wang is a story editor on Netflix's Brother's Son and has also worked on From Scratch. The news comes after Crazy Rich Asians co-writers, I'm going to mispronounce this, uh, Chiarelli and Lim, We're at the center of a pay dispute. Lim, a veteran TV writer, exited the sequel in 2019 after it was revealed that Chiarelli was paid almost 10 times more, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Lead star Henry Golding recently said that the sequel was still in the works and that he can't wait to get back to Singapore to film. I always bug John M. Chu about it, but he he tells me the same thing every time. They're trying to figure out the writing. And now it looks like the writing is on course. So why... Has it taken them this long? Like you got to strike while the iron's hot on these sort of things. It's already been three years. Oh my God. It's already been three years since that movie came out. They're behind on this, but it looks like there was a lot of drama with the the filmmakers. It sounds like director John M. Chu really did want to try to get it figured out with the existing writers and get back to it. I respect that, but at least it sounds now like they've got a return to form. Now it's going to be very interesting to see what direction they go with crazy rich Asians because while I did not read the books, my wife Anne like instantly got the audiobooks, Right. And from what I can tell the the sequel books are not about the main characters from the first movie. Cause your main characters are Henry Golding and uh, Constance Wu. And while their characters are present, I think like I might be remembering this wrong, but I think like the second book is really more about Gemma Chan's character. Yes. And then the third, third book completely focuses on, do you remember like the idiot cousin and he just had the hot, hot wife who then went over to the other cousin? The third book's all about her. It, it really focuses on her, if, if I'm remembering right. But I don't think you can do that with the movies. I think they're going to want to keep the focus on... Henry Golding, Constance Wu, and probably working more Gemma Chan, being as her star has risen a lot more since then. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this. All I know is this. I love this movie. This movie's fantastic, and whenever they can get back to making a second one, I'm all for it. Chris, Mm -hmm. uh, you're hearing about this. What did you think about the original Crazy Rich Asians, and do you think, I mean, it's still only 2022 Could it be possible we get this next one sometime maybe in late 2023 or is it already too late for that?
2: Late 2023 and I think that's still pushing it. Okay. I really enjoyed the first film. I thought it was absolutely delightful. I thought it was so, so charming and I absolutely fell in love with Henry so much so that I forgave last Christmas. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was ready. I was okay watching it because I was like, you know what? He's wonderful and he needs more films, snake eyes. I'll watch anything with him. I am interested to see how Constance Wu comes back to this film. I know she's had a lot of um, kind of public grief through Twitter of, you know, reacting to being bummed when her show got renewed um, and fans were not a fan of how she reacted to things. Look, I try to avoid um,
0: the drama. Right. But I, I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. That whole thing it turned me right off of Constance Wu. Same. It really did. Like, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to watch anything with her again, but no, it did kind of sour it, me on her. It a did lot. leave
2: a bad taste in my mouth, especially because, as we all know, so many people people are connected to a singular television show right so we should be happy when things get renewed so many people get to keep their jobs so that was a bit of a bummer thing that
0: made you a star by the way right so a
2: little gratitude would be would be nice but again i don't know the ins and outs of constance's life the workload the films that she then had to turn down that kind of thing so i do understand but you know sometimes we don't air our dirty laundry or we at least have a filter does it need to be said by me does it need to be said by me right now let's have those thoughts before we tweet them out i know that's hard to do um, I would love to see a sequel. I'm not particularly familiar with the books. I believe the second book that you were speaking of is, is China Rich Girlfriend. Is China that Rich Girlfriend, Okay, yeah. so I do think it'd be really interesting to follow more of Gemma's journey. I think that'd be great. Like you were saying, she has come into her own. We've seen her in so many uh, great roles as of late, particularly The Eternals. I think she's an incredible actress and her work on British television prior to this was phenomenal. So I would love to see more of her injected into this story.
0: And of course, more Aquafina. I love her. Oh my god, she this, yeah, that's the other thing about this was the movie that really got me turned around on Aquafina. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, like just because up until that, like I, I saw her in a few things. I'm like, eh, eh. But all of a sudden that, that today I'm a huge because after mm-hmm. that came what's it called? The goodbye? The farewell. The farewell. Which that's what, is what it was so
2: powerful. And she absolutely should have been nominated. Oh, she oh, was
0: she's so proud. good in that. And mm-hmm. then I loved her in Shang-Chi. But that mm-hmm. was Crazy Rich Asians that actually really got me on board the Aquafina train. Yeah. Anyway, Rob you know, you're, you hear about this, I mean, the behind the scenes drama between filmmakers, that's always sad, especially when it postpones projects that a lot of audiences are waiting for. Number one, what did you think about the original film? And number two, what do you think now that they've got a writer on board,
1: do you think we can see this thing sooner rather than later? I have to tell you, I was late to this bandwagon. I'm like, does this movie appeal to me? I like you, I saw this movie, and I'm gonna use that word delightful because it truly was, it felt like it was a movie out of time. You know, it felt like the the whole family values disappointing your mother because you're marrying beneath your station and the whole co- uh, sort of I loved Aquafine in this, too, because her, her brand of comedy fit right in. And I really loved seeing I, I love explorations of sort of hermetically sealed cultures where everybody's expected. I think that's why people like Downton Abbey and I've been sort of enjoying the Gilded Age. Um, and this did a really good job of that. But you know what? At its core, I think this movie was very sweet. Yeah. It was very nice and it was a celebration. I kept waiting for it to get dark, you know, or some, some horrible family secret to be discovered because that's kind of what I'm programmed to do. But I still, I also love movies like When Harry Met Sally, you know, or I also love A Tootsie. I love this movie, everything about this movie. And Henry Golding was just dashing and debonair. I mean, this movie could have been made in the 40s. You know, or the fifties. And it, it just it had it was kind of a throwback, but at the same time it was modern. I love the scenery. I love Gemma Chan. Uh there's nothing about this movie that wasn't that didn't put a smile on my face. And I would love to see another one. I liked all these people. Quick, I wish I knew them all.
2: Sorry to interrupt you, Rob. Real quick, I just wanted to know if anyone was familiar with Amy Wang's work. Because when I looked her up, it was a lot of short films that she's written. She's She won like and... a
0: golden lion for a short film. Awesome, like, okay. But, but that's that's really all I know about her. I haven't watched it yet okay, myself. Cool. But I mean, obviously, John M. Chu must be on board with what she is. But by the way, I got on board with Crazy Rich Asians. I, this movie hooked me right from its first scene, which I don't know if you remember. But the, the queen of all badasses, Michelle Yeoh. She's on screen. It's like set 15 years in the past. And she pulls a Bruce Wayne. She gets disrespected in the hotel. Fuck you. I just bought the hotel. Bye. I was like, the moment that happened in this movie, I'm like,
1: God, I'm into this movie already. I want to see more of her. No, it was just so. And the funny thing is, is these are the kinds of movies studios should make more of. We don't have any. I mean, that's you see this movie and I think people are thirsting. For for more films like this, I mean, it didn't go to streaming. It was on the big screen, and it was great. It was lush to look at, and you loved being in their house, like when they first show up. I love we're Constance Wu, and we show up at that house, it's like, well, oh yeah, I want to live in this house.
2: Everything is just so decadent in that film.
0: It is delicious.
2: Yes. Yeah, and then Henry
1: Bowen's oh. like, yeah, we used to put our cigarettes out in the lion's paw, or you know, yeah. we were kids, right? I loved it. Well,
0: I I mean, I got into the lifestyle porn issue nature of the film right when they get on the plane to fly to singapore and it's like what i have never flown anything like that let (laughs) me check that out all right guys question is for you what do you think about this were you a fan of the first crazy rich asians i I think it was fantastic i have been thinking though it's been a little bit late to get around to coming do you think they can get it back on track now are you looking forward to it? whatever you guys think jump down into the comment section below and leave us your thoughts all right guys With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today?
2: It is one I am very invested in,
0: John. It's from
2: Alexi Peterson. Hello, John and crew. Greetings from Sweden. Greetings. I just read a report that said that Daniela Melkor from James Gunn's The Suicide Squad is in talks to join the Fast franchise in the 10th installment. What role do you think she'll be playing? A secondary villain, maybe? Or just joining the family? What are your thoughts on this? And thanks for all you guys do. All
0: right. Thanks a lot for saying that in Alexi. And yeah, this is kind of a mashing of two different worlds. On, on the one hand, the stop about James Gunn, Suicide Squad. That movie's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic movie. Deserved. A, also major flop. No, no getting around it. It was a sure. big flop, but that was a movie that deserved way, way better. But I'll tell you what, that girl who played Ratcatcher, sorry, Ratcatcher two. <laughs> Daniela, she was that, she was a re- uh, revelation in this. I had not seen her before. I think she stars in more, mostly Portuguese films and things like that. But I was instantly drawn to her. There was a sweetness, the way she was able to play off King Shark and everything like that, too. And then, of course, that dynamite scene in the film that she has with Taika Watiti, or sorry, the younger version of her. That Taguatini, But then you, when they flash back to her, you see that that emotion, that pain in her face, that memory, that, that sweet sorrow, if you will. She was kind of the human heartbeat of that movie. In the midst of all this bonkersness and this murderer's role, role, uh, row of killers, she was the human element of the film to me. And I loved her. And you know what? I hadn't even really thought about, we really haven't seen or heard anything from her since. What's going on? That I was aware of it at any anyway. rate. Then we got the Fast and the Furious franchise. A franchise that I did not really care all that much for for the first three installments. I started to get on board with four, and then five, six, seven, I loved. I even like eight. Then nine came. Dear heavens, that was a prickly enema, that movie. I really disliked that movie. I saw it with you. You did, that's right. We saw it together. Totally terrible film, oh, man. but here's but I but hope springs eternal. They'll they'll get things back on track to the to the form of five six seven. They'll get back this thing back on track. Of course, you find out they got Jason Momoa coming in, and now Ratcatcher two is joining it as well. This comes us from the folks over at Cinema Blend who write the following: There aren't many rules in the Fast and Furious franchise, especially when it comes to the science of physics, but One of the principles of the movie series seems to be that the cast of every sequel needs to be bigger than the one in the previous film. Justin Lin's Fast and the Furious 10 is now very much in the process of living up to that that promise. As the project has not only added Jason Momoa to the ensemble as a new villain, which we talked about a few weeks ago, but the Suicide Squad's Daniela Melkor is apparently coming aboard as well. It's unclear at present if she's going to be teaming up with Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto and the rest of the heroes or if she's going to be aligned with Charlize Theron's Cypher who has basically been the series' big bad ever since The Fate of the Furious. And once again, that comes from the folks at Blend. Okay, so the question is, what kind of role is she going to play? I would love to see her also be a villain. Yep. Because, like, for a lot of the Fast and Furious franchise, it's been one bad guy, right? Whether it was Luke uh, Luke Evans, whether it was Jason Momoa, whether it was uh, Charlize Theron. I mean, as you go through, there's basically kind of one villain. It'd be neat if we had like multiple alpha-level villains in this. And I don't know what that's going to be, but we're going to have Jason Momoa. Charlize Theron is returning. And if we could add her as another villain, plus it would be great to see her juxtapose a performance in this that is so radically different from what she played in Suicide Squad. I think that would be a lot of fun to see. So I'm going to go out and guess with no information whatsoever, I'm going to guess she's going to be another villain. At least I really hope she is. I mean, even if she plays the sweet new girlfriend of one of the other characters, that's fine too. I'll, I'll take her any way I can get her. But I always say adding talent's never a mistake. She's super talented. This ain't a mistake. Rob, as a uh, you know, big Fast and Furious fan yourself... Justice for Han. Oh. Uh, what do you think about the addition here?
1: Well, I think it's great. Uh, she was great, and I think uh, her playing a villainess uh, would be uh, great for the series. But I have to tell you, John, I, I uh, you know as a fan of this franchise, and I was going with it. I've never had a movie kill my interest in a franchise more than the ninth than Fast and the Furious Nine did. And I, everything I liked about this franchise was was killed murdered buried 6 feet under they salted the earth uh i really didn't like fast nine and i honestly it would take a lot to have me um generate any enthusiasm for this last i think it's supposed to be two parts
0: there's going to be 10 and 11, yeah. You know,
1: and I I just, I can't, you know, the, the idea of it being ridiculous, you could say that Fast Five was ridiculous, that these two cars could not pull a vault that, that was that's that heavy, but that was the one ask that that movie did. It was a great caper movie and the grand tradition of caper movies using these characters. Fast Five is a terrific film that bent the laws of physics, but it didn't break them. And, you know, Joaquin... The Alameda, Alameda, Alameda. I love that actor. He was the villain in that film, and that to me was the perfect distillation of what the Fast franchise would be. After that, it's kind of gone. It's gone literally on a slow trajectory into orbit, as they did in Fast Nine. He
0: was the villain, clear and present. No, uh, yes, yeah, he clear was. And present Danger as yes, well. he was. I'm so good in that. So
1: good in that, and I love that guy. And and they just. They've ruined my enthusiasm for us. Now, I like Jason Momoa, and I like this actress, and if they were like Mel—here's a reference—Mel and Susan Profit from the first season of Wise Guy back in the 80s. If they could have that kind of weird, twisted relationship, it might be fun, might be good, but they really need to do a big course correction on this franchise. Otherwise, I don't know.
0: Chris? You're hearing about this. Uh, Do you like her? Are you excited about the addition? Does this give you any more interest in a Fast and the Furious 10? Where are you at right now?
2: I love her. And Danielle's been busy, y'all, so she has been doing stuff, right? She's got a film coming out with Henry Golding, who we were just talking about, uh, I think called The Assassins Club. And it's about an assassin who has to go kill about six other people, six or seven other people, but they're all also assassins. So that's going to be a fun (laughs) ride. Sam Neill's in it. It's going to be great. And then she's also appearing in Marlowe, which is going to be a new a uh, Pulp yeah. Fiction-y kind yeah. of film, mm-hmm. right? With uh, Liam Neeson playing Philip Marlowe, which I'm very excited for. I think that's gonna be amazing. I'm really, really glad she's having her moment in the sun because she is incredible in Suicide Squad, which as you guys know, I didn't love as much as y'all. I thought it was fine, but I wasn't over the moon about it. I really, really liked her in there. I thought she was just the absolute heart and soul, like y'all were saying. As someone who has only seen Hobbs and Shaw and really has to have a day to watch all of the Fast and Furious movies so that Rob can no longer be disappointed in me. I know. I, I really need to watch these so I can see where she's going to fit into the landscape of this
0: franchise. <laughs> I still remember, I for those of you who don't know, I I took Chris, Chris was kind enough to come with me to uh, to come see uh, Hobbs and Shaw press screening. And she said, like, I've never seen any Fast and the Furious movie. I'm like, wait, really?
2: It wasn't until I like plopped down in my seat and everything,
0: too. I was yeah. like, am I going to miss stuff if I don't know the rest of the franchise? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, wait, I'm, really? You haven't seen any of them? And so then I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure you're going to be okay. <laughs> I'm I pretty was. sure the deep Shakespearean prose won't go over your head <laughs> with Hobbs and Shaw. By the way, I really did like Hobbs and Shaw. I loved it. I yeah. thought it was so fun. Certainly better than Fast Night. <laughs> yeah, than
2: it Fast
1: was. was. But, it, but, it, but it also is problematic in terms of, you know, this idea that you have to keep topping yourselves, you can do that. The Mission Impossible franchise has been doing that. Yeah. doing But doing it in a spectacular way, not a dumb way. But and here's it, here's the thing, though. They do something
0: crazy. But you can't say, like we say 80 times a minute in a Fast and Furious movie, you can't say in a Mission Impossible that couldn't happen because guess what? no. That is happening. right? That's actually right. Tom Cruise holding on to the side of a damn plane that's taking off off the ground. Yeah. Oh, you, this is actually him doing it. The zero gravity, he's actually going up to the edge of the atmosphere and getting a zero gravity achieved to perform the, like it's absolutely nuts the that's way they did it. Absolutely.
1: And, and I think one of the things about this franchise that's important is they did things that were possible. That's why in the, they- In the beginning. In the beginning. That's why it was fun. I mean, even in Fast Five, It's just two cars dragging a a vault. But by the time you get to Fast 9, I didn't believe one of the action scenes. They're all these completely made up. And the the great thing about car chase movies or in general, cars, we all have driven in cars. And once you start taking the actual physics and the actual danger of what it's like to be in a car driving at speed... It's no fun anymore because it's a Roadrunner cartoon. Then no one can get hurt and the peril has been removed. And that's what they did in Fast 9. It's all gone. You know what? The one, here's why to me Hobbs and
0: Shaw worked where like a Fast 9 didn't. Hobbs and Shaw immediately just puts it on the table. We are getting into the sci-fi realm. Right, right. They literally introduce superheroes or a supervillain in the case of Idris Elba. We are, and they just make no qualms. We're not pretending this is at all real. We're not pretending this is even at all remotely possible. We're just straight up acknowledging right away we are purely into the sci-fi realm here yeah. with the superhuman. Iterselba. Here's
2: a very loose bit of science for you. That's how he got the powers. Yeah,
0: and there it is. And they kind of embrace <laughs> that. And then what Hobbs and Shaw did is, once they redefined the parameters of reality within their movie, they stuck within those parameters. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always said, I don't need a movie to have real world logic. Just stay within the logic that you set up in your own movie. Yes. And that's what Hobbs and Shaw did. Whereas the Fast and the Furious franchise, particularly in nine, just kind of went completely off the rails, but I'm not going to lie with the addition of Jason Momoa, who I think is a better actor than John Cena. Although, man, I love John Cena and Peacemaker. Um, And with the addition of Danielle, I got to say. It's at least quite intriguing to me. Well, it is. For it's sure.
1: intri- I just hope they get back to the the fundamentals of the franchise, which which is not that it's a cartoon.
0: I but I don't need them to over course correct. I don't need them no. to go back to Fast and the Furious two. Just reel it in a little sure. bit. Get back to your to your dynamics and logic of say fast seven, which was still ridiculous.
2: <laughs> five and six. And five and
1: four, five, and six. I, I realize that. You know
0: what Hobbs and Shaw also got right though?
2: What's that? Ryan Reynolds. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... You put Ryan Reynolds in it. That's how you course
0: correct. You put Ryan Reynolds in it. You have him just do a, yeah, so you guys went to space? Ah, neat. okay. (laughs) Okay. That was actually pretty good Ryan Reynolds. Thanks. I mean, look, Dwayne Johnson is franchise Viagra. Ryan Reynolds is like, Vitamin C. He's just good for the overall health of everything. Just throw Ryan Reynolds in there, good Canadian kid. What they by the really
1: way. did though is they really got a, the justice for Han. What they did to Han was inexcusable in nine. I gotta watch. The, the, so we know what the, happened. There was Han. no justice there. In fact, they even took away the very idea that he needed justice done, and that was bad.
0: He, he, no man, justice for Jason. Come on, you know, death to Han death to han wow. everybody to in the internet agrees that. with me wow. death to han all right no anyway guys questions for you <laughs> what do you think about the addition of danielle the star probably the standout star to me in many ways of suicide squad now joining she adds on along the great, with though. jason momoa and it seems like they're putting something pretty fun together maybe they can get back to the greatness of what this franchise was or maybe they're just gonna go Full ass, all in, and you know, next thing you know, Dominic Toretto's charger is going to be transformers and in, transform into a Decepticon or something. I don't know. Whatever you guys think, jump on down to the comment section below and let me know your thoughts, guys. We want to take just a minute and thank the sponsor of this video. Masterclass. Masterclass is offering classes on a wide variety of topics, like all taught by world-class masters at the absolute tops of their field. Each class is broken down out into individual video lessons, usually like around 10 minutes or so long, and members can explore at their own pace. And each class is supported by downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, or more that you can all find at Masterclass.com. For example, are you into streaming? Well, you can take the Building Your streaming class taught by ninjas you can sharpen up on your streaming skills or if you're interested in independent filmmaking take independent filmmaking from academy award winner spike lee you want to get classes on how to direct how about from ron howard the very first one i personally looked up and got into was business leadership by the great big papa iger bob iger himself and i was absolutely enthralled with it i love every single minute of this stuff If any of those apply to you, you need to try Masterclass, so I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass, and as a John Campia Show viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash campia. Once again, to get 15% off your annual membership, go to masterclass.com slash campia. And a big thank you to MasterClass for sponsoring this episode of the John Campus Show. And guys, seriously, I have been using this thing like bonkers. Once you sign up to MasterClass, you're going to find yourself going down a lot of rabbit holes in it and just eating it up. So I, I do highly recommend you guys check that out. And again, thanks to them for sponsoring
1: John, the John Campus Show. You know who has a MasterClass? I don't know if you watch it, Bob Iger. I, yeah. he does.
0: He you, just we just pointed it out in the uh, in the ad here. The, who doesn't? That was the very first one I did. Uh, is it Bob Rachel
1: Bob J. Peck. <laughs> 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 Woo. Sorry. Ray boo or well, not boo. Well,
0: well, well. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> we
2: segment.
0: All right. We were talking, we were talking before the show started today about, we should create a segment just because of what Ray did. We should create a segment called boo or not boo. We're just like near the end of the main topics. We just bring up five or six other smaller issues and say, so is this issue boo or not boo? <laughs> and then Ray <Rain>, Ray proclaims <laughs> boo. <laughs> Whatever. We'll see. Okay, guys. With all that down, let's move on to our third main topic, shall we? Chris, what is our third main topic today?
2: Third topic comes from Movie Fan Twelve. Greetings, everyone. John, I know you're not exactly the biggest Tim Burton fan, but I wanted to know if you saw that the original Wednesday, Christina Ricci, is coming back to join the Netflix show Wednesday. This is perfect, and I'm sure a lot of fans like me will be very excited. I was wondering if Ricci joining the show changes your mind about it, and that maybe you'll give it a chance now.
0: All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, movie fan. And yeah, look, I, I don't dislike Tim Burton. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I am just not like a lot of my other film-loving friends that are really, really big on Tim Burton. I, I there's a, a couple of his movies I really, really like, but just overall his general palette isn't really for me for a number of his films that's all but still got a couple films that i really love so i'm not really against tim burton don't get me wrong i have been kind of in the middle of the road about this wednesday thing so for for those who don't know they're launching a new live action series on netflix which i believe is simply just called wednesday yeah and it's based on the character that christina ricci used to play and it's about young wednesday now going to some hogwarts whatever they call Hogwarts in The Addams Family. The Nevermore Academy. The Nevermore Academy. Thank you, Chris. The Nevermore Academy. And it becomes kind of a YA supernatural Nancy Drew kind of mystery and whatever. I mean, That sounds like it could be okay. I'm not going to lie and pretend like I'm super invested in that. But after watching Yellow Jackets, where Christina Ricci is just like, bomb good like that character she plays besides horrifically representing maybe about two girlfriends i had in high school but that character she plays in yellow jackets is so delicious like i i could just watch that character because you never know what crazy effed up thing that character is going to say or do at any given moment and Richie plays it so great and the fact that she was the original Wednesday to have her come back to the show, I think it's fairly appropriate. This comes to us from the folks over at—that's the wrong one—over at Deadline. right the following: uh, This is the news. Adams family fans have been hoping for since the new Netflix series Wednesday was announced. Christina Ricci, the actor most closely associated with the title character, will be a major part of the live-action show from Tim Burton. Ricci, who starred as Wednesday Adams in the Barry Sonfeld-directed-1990s-Adams-Family feature franchise, is a, serious regular, sorry, a series regular in Wednesday, which is headlined by Jenna Ortega in the title role. Deadline is learned. Details about Ricci's role are being kept under wraps to protect the surprise for fans, but I can reveal that she plays a new character and not an older version of Wednesday, which, quite frankly was my first thought when I heard that. Oh, she's going to probably play a Wednesday that looks bad. She's looking back at her time at Nevermore Academy. So we'll see the younger Wednesday. We'll see. But now she's playing a new character. So not Wednesday, but still, there is an appropriateness to this. So while I was not completely on board and not, I wouldn't say I was excited about this Wednesday series. I still won't say that I'm excited for it, but. With, after watching Yellow Jackets, having Christina Ricci come back into the role, I got to say this has increased my interest, probably by a good 15 20%. So I'm not going to lie and pretend I'm excited at this point, but I'm interested, at least. I'm interested. Rob, you hear about this. What do you think about Christina Ricci coming into this new Netflix series? It's
1: fine, but you know what it makes me think about? I thought when I first read that they were going to make this show, my first inclination was that, oh... They're going to get Christina Ricci to come back and play herself now. Older. An older version of Wednesday. I I mean, maybe she's a hard-drinking Hard partying, amoral captain of industry. What does Wednesday Adams do when she's an adult?
2: Do you just want like a goth Jessica Jones,
1: something like that? I'd watch but, the shit out but of that, may, uh, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm thinking—a goth, but but with a little like put in a lot of. Maybe she's this Machiavellian schemer. She's like some captain of industry, like that show Profit. I don't a lot. A lot of people remember that show with Adrian Pasdar, but man, uh, that's what I want to see. You know, going to a, making a Harry Potter knockoff at Nevermore Academy, that's fine. But as you see in Yellow Jackets, she is still, I mean, first of all, I'm a huge Christina Ricci fan. And I think it's great that she's doing more work. I just wish she was toplining a Wednesday show that was about her as an adult. So this, this
0: really isn't about... Herb joining the show, you just think this should be a completely different
1: show. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, well, that's... It. But, I, I guess but it's cool she's coming on. and You know, it's like, you know, that's good that she's coming on the show. I just I just wonder if,
0: with today's audience, if you got to reintroduce them. Because if you want to get younger people involved in Adam's Family 2, would that story of an adult Wednesday go over? Or do you introduce Hell the new yes. generation audience to well, this whole
1: idea... Well, because Wednesday has grown up like the audience did, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that that the appealing to a younger, yeah. They, what's so funny is they take these old, like the Adams Family and the Munsters, all the way back. You know, these are these are fifty-year-old plus franchises, and and to reinvent them and they why why do they want to kidify everything? I want to see Wednesday Adams grown up. What is she? What happens? But to would her? there
0: be an
2: audience for that? I, I mean, grown up I mean, Wednesday Adams? Yeah. I, I think absolutely because that's I mean, that's my age group. Millennials grew up with Adam's family and Adam's family values. But were those
0: movies ever actually that big?
2: Yes. Were Every they? one of my friends, regardless of gender, had their sexual awakening to Christina Ricci in this, <laughs> where they were like, I really want to date a goth chick. Oh, man. <laughs> I think it would do really, really well. I'm also a huge Tim Burton fan. I mean, that is my aesthetic. I, I look like someone who was hugged too hard once, you know, that I've got these big, huge eyes. So <laughs> I, I'm a big Tim Burton stan. When, I'm too hard. I do. I look like somebody just like popped me like a stress doll one day. And like when, when you could only see his exhibit at the MoMA in New York, I booked up light and went to it. Like I love him. So I think this will be a fun show that I'll give a chance to. But I'm with you. I'd really rather have it be around Richie. When it first got announced, I thought, oh, she's probably going to be Morticia, which is going to be Catherine Zeta-Jones. That's fine. I think that's interesting casting. That makes sense to me for her to be a Morticia. But I would like an older Wednesday who is navigating the world as a 30-year-old woman. Like, well, I grew up like this. How is everyone else? Because I always liked, and I know we're getting a little of this, I I liked when the normies would come into the Adams family. I think that's right, when everything right, thrived. Right, right, right. Or when they weren't quite a normie. When you got a Debbie, when you got a Joan Cusack in the mix. I always thought those things were fun. Yeah. Um. I know too she's, kind of but not really replacing thora birch
1: yes
0: um they they it's going to be kind of an adaptation of the character she was yeah. going to play but they decided to adapt it a little bit since it was now so christina ricci wasn't in the original plans which seems so odd to me which absolutely seems odd yeah but i mean because this seems like such a natural idea to
3: bring yeah. her
1: back in that
0: so i don't know are, are, do, do we like this idea i mean I, I'm, I'm i'm for it, it even though it doesn't get me excited i'll give it the a shot up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like it because she's great.
2: Yeah. She was
1: great in this role in the original. She's so good.
2: And, I mean, Penelope, adorable film. Her work as playing Lizzie Borden is incredible Mm. and terrifying. Her work in Yellow Jackets, I mean, everything Uh, that I've seen her in. Shout Uh, out to Trixie
1: and Speed Racer, yo. What's up? Oh, I didn't even remember that. Oh, yeah. She's a
2: very cute Trixie. God, I hate that movie. I hate that movie too. It makes me feel motion sick. so Uh, so good. But she's wonderful in everything that she appears in. So I'm always going to see something. All
0: right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? She's not the original Wednesday Adams, but for a lot of people, that was their first Wednesday Adams. She's gonna come back and join the new Wednesday show. The big question really is here: does this do anything to increase your interest in the show? Maybe you were already super interested in it. Maybe you have no interest at all. Hell, maybe until this video, you never even knew it was coming. (laughs) Whatever you're at right now, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your. Thoughts? Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four, shall we? Chris, what is our fourth main topic today?
2: This comes from Preston M. News is going around that Avatar 2 will have its first trailer play in front of Doctor Strange 2. This will be our first look at a movie that we've been waiting for for over a decade. I honestly don't know what I'm more excited for, to see the first trailer or to see Doctor Strange 2, because it looks like I'll be seeing them on the same night. Do you think it's a good idea to have the Avatar trailer play with Doctor Strange?
0: All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Preston. And yeah, it's it's it still doesn't seem real to me. It seems like a made-up story like a new Indiana Jones movie <laughs> or a Flash movie, Chris. It's not real. It's not real until it's on the damn screen. But it it's weird to think that, oh, this myth of another Avatar film. This, this fake news of another Avatar <laughs> film that they've toyed with us with for going on a decade now is actually coming this year at the end of the year. And, you know, we've been talking a lot lately about how I think there's a lot of people sleeping on Avatar. There's a lot of people, you, you know, who think like, oh, you know, no one's going to care about Avatar. You're going to find out you're damn wrong. You're damn wrong. And... I don't know if sleeping on the, the number one box office film of all time and the filmmaker who has two of the top three best, or not best, but two of the top three box office grossing movies of all time and some of the greatest sci-fi films in the history. Of the, and you're going to doubt him? I feel like Morgan Freeman in The Dark Knight saying, good luck.
1: <laughs>
0: good luck. <laughs> I, I, so, but, but we've also always said that we'll really know or we'll really get a better handle on this. Once the first trailer drops, because once the first trailer drops, depending on how good or bad it is, we're going to then get a true sense of what the general temperature is amongst average film fandom and where their excitement level is or lack thereof when it comes to the movie. So when's that trailer going to come? 10 years ago, six years ago, the first trailer for Avatar would have come 18 months before the movie was coming out in theaters. Thankfully, we are now living in an era where they have been shortening that theatrical or that uh, trailer window from how far out from the movie releasing they actually finally release a trailer. But, you know, what's Doctor Strange? May? So June, July, August, September, October, May November? May 6th. About, about six months. Okay, six months is starting. I mean, still a little far out, but it's starting to get within earshot of when the movie's coming out and so now there is this report that the first trailer for avatar is going to play in front of dr strange uh we got this from to right the following the long-awaited trailer for james cameron's avatar 2 will reportedly be unveiled in front of the release of dr strange and the multiverse of madness released in December of 2009, Cameron's original Avatar film was considered revolutionary and groundbreaking for the filmmaking world. Since then, moviegoers have been waiting on the edges of their seats for any news regarding its four highly anticipated sequels. That's right, four. Uh, since both of these movies are owned by Disney, it only makes sense. Plus, both movies are widely speculated to be the biggest blockbusters of the year. Now, this, of course, comes from a industry newsletter called Ankler, I believe is where it comes from. And they're reporting that they have their sources inside Disney that say this. Now, so let's say for now, let's take this with a grain of salt. Although Ankler is pretty reputable. But still, let's take it with a grain of salt for now. And let's, for the sake of the discussion, assume that this is true. That we are going to get our first trailer for Avatar in front of Doctor Strange. And by the way... What I'm also hearing is, is that unlike most movies today, which will drop their trailers online long before they play in front of a movie in things, that this might exclusively play in theaters in front of Doctor Strange. Mm. This does a couple of things. Number one, it is a great way for Disney, which does own both films, to announce to the world a new avatar is coming. Because right now, those of us in this bubble, we know, right? We've, we've known for some time. We've known about all the production drama, the ups and downs, the changing release dates, and that's kind We know, but a lot of the average film fandom may not. And so what better way than to put this in front of what could be the number one, number two, or number three biggest film of the year in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and dropping this trailer in front of that? That's a big way to announce it's coming. Mm-hmm. That is a big-ass trumpet player walking into the room going presenting and then in comes walking avatar, bell of the ball, right? Good way to do that. But there's a second thing here. And a lot of people are going to disagree with this and that's fine. But you announce that the first trailer for the new avatar is playing exclusively in front of Dr. Strange opening weekend. They're going to sell more tickets. I, I kid you not. And maybe not since star Wars, the Phantom Menace. There are going to be people that will buy tickets just because they want to see this trailer. I mean, they're they're probably going to want to see Dark Strange and Multiverse Madness anyway, but they might go a little bit sooner because they want to see this trailer. You may laugh at that, but I'm telling you it's true. In my best current angle, it's damn true. So this is, I think, would be, theoretically speaking, if this is true. This is a stroke of genius. And again, at six months out from the movie, it's not too far out. Like, you're starting to get within that acceptable range. Between six and three months, I really think, is when you should be dropping your first trailer anyway. And this might be more of an announcement trailer. But I'm thinking if they put this in front of Doctor Strange, they're not looking to just make an announcement trailer. They're probably looking to blow people's underwear off. Like, with this, they want this trailer to play and like go. Everybody could just be salivating and go, When when is December getting here? So I think this would be an absolute stroke of genius provided that the trailer they're about to give us is a good one. Uh, Rob, you hear this report. Number one, let me ask you if you think there could be validity to this. Number two, if so... Is this a good move by Disney to try to put this maybe trailer in front of a Doctor Strange and maybe even as a theatrical exclusive? What do you think?
1: Well, my first question, are they still going to use Papyrus as the font for the logo? (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure. Um, One of the great
0: Saturday Night Live skits. Oh, man,
1: it's so good. So good. No, uh, John, I have to tell you, I am a big Avatar fan. Every time I watch... Avatar, I think the scenes when they ride the uh, the dragons, call them what you want for the very first time, is one of the great scenes in all of fantasy cinema. When Jake Sully first flies, it's an incredible sequence. I have the extended version on uh, Blu-ray. I wish it would come out in 4K, but I am very excited for this. I think this is a good move. I think that they need to announce it in front of a film that, th- that is going to get the most eyeballs on it. And remember, you know, a lot of people that are fans of the MCU, if you're like 25 years old you were you were eight when avatar came out and there's probably a lot of people that didn't have now you know you hear people that poo-poo avatar all the time i'm like uh if you saw avatar in a theater especially in imax 3d it was an extraordinary theatrical experience i've often said it that
0: really was it was yeah.
1: extraordinary i took my mother she'd never seen an imax 3d movie and my mother, who's a very pragmatic, unimaginative, unimaginative woman, looked at me. She sat through the credits, eyes as big as saucers. I'd never seen my mother look like this in my entire life. She was seventy. When she saw the movie, and she turned to me and she said, "How did they do that?" It, and she was captivated. I'm like, "Man, this movie's got some magic that I've never seen before." And I, I really felt that way. And a well, lads as ferngully dances as whatever, you know, it's it's an amazing feat. So to see this. Come back. Very exciting. This first trailer, though, John, there's a lot writing on this trailer. Oh, my God. And like you said, you're going to have to win over all the, oh, Avatar, blah, blah, blah. You know, half of film Twitter is like holding their arms like this, like, what do you got, Jimmy? I mean, it's going to be that way. So this trailer better be mind-blowing. And I don't know how it could be mind-blowing. I mean, you know, if Jake Sully himself doesn't step out of the screen, and talk to you directly. I mean, I, I, I don't know what I'm expecting, but I'm expecting something like angels coming down from heaven. I mean, it's got to be that good.
0: He's been working on this movie for, I don't know how many years. By the way, when you're telling that story about taking your mom to see Avatar and asking how to do, all I could have, all I had in my head is Sir Ben Kingsley going, "How do they teach those apes to ride those horses?" That's all. That's all I could hear. That's all I could hear, man. For whatever reason, which is awesome, Chris. Uh, they're saying that we're going to get a trailer for Avatar 2 in front of Doctor Strange 2, Mm -hmm. which makes for one hell of a night. I mean, for going to the movies, that is one hell of a night. So let's assume for a second that this is true. And and, and let's remind our audience right now, it may not be true, okay? This may not be the case. It does check a lot of the boxes. It does seem to line up with several things that we know, but it might not be true. But assuming that it is... Mm -hmm. Good move, bad move, what are the advantages for them and how do you think people are gonna respond? Oh, brilliant move.
2: Much like Rob, my dad loves Avatar. He loves it so much. We took a trip to go to Pandora because he loves it so much. And this is like, I love my dad. If you looked up, this Logan's favorite joke. If you looked up Wasp in the dictionary, you'd see a photo of my father before the actual insect. He is a very, very like straight, rigid, like lawyer type. And he adores Pandora and everything to do with Avatar. So, as somebody who's probably not as into Doctor Strange, this is definitely going to entice him. Usually my dad sees Marvel movies just so we have some talking points on our weekly phone calls. This time he's going to be like, we saw my movie! It was amazing! (laughs) The only issue is, if this is an announcement trailer, Mm. that is the most bonehead move of all time. If my exclusive look is a little 10 second, hey, Avatar's coming, I'm going to be furious. This has to be an absolutely fully done, incredible effects, pull me into that universe again, trailer. I need to see what you've been doing for the last 10 years, James. I need to see the receipts, all right? And then I'll be happy.
0: But listen, but you bring up a great point because, Rob, you're talking about like this This trailer needs to blow people away and stuff, all that kind of stuff. Here's the thing, though. As great of a movie as this is, to what you were saying, Chris, if they do make a big deal out of this, and they tell the world come to doctor strange 2 and get your first look at your return to pandora and james cameron's avatar 2 water water wet wet fun fun you know whatever they're going to call the damn movie right i don't
1: know i'm making up a title aquaman moved (laughs) come swim with us
0: i I still kind of like water water wet wet Wet, fun fun i'm gonna go with that one that'll be his name in japan but at any rate
1: i want a shirt that says that
0: if they if they tell the world that come see Dr. Strange 2 and get your first look at this, and it ends up being a 15-second black screen with audio and audio an clips from writer. the first one, and then the papyrus t- title of Avatar 2, and that's it. That will be a PR nightmare mm-hmm. for them. That could, whereas the first trailer could come out and totally go, oh, my God, this is going to be the new biggest film of all time, blah, blah, blah. It could totally go the other way if, this, if they handled this wrong. And under Bob Chapek, I wouldn't put that by them. But I'm pretty sure James Cameron is probably one of the only directors in the world who's probably got a little bit of control over what the trailers yeah. do and do not do. Dude, so,
1: uh, but it could be a disaster, Rob. Dude, this is going to be Dirk Diggler at the end of Boogie Nights finally <laughs> unzipping. That's what it's going to be. That's what I expect. We waited two and a half hours, unzip, and give us a glimpse. That's what this movie should be. That's what this trailer should be. It's Dirk Diggler's dong.
2: Now, Avatar 2. Dirk F Diggler's dong.
0: Diggler.
3: I can't <laughs> wait for Dudes. them to put that
0: on the posters.
3: F-dong.
1: <laughs> F-dong. Deg-
0: crush- <laughs> <Deng. laughs> Ray, let me... I I don't... Like, honestly, no, John, I don't, I don't want to see huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Dirk Diggler's dong. I know you are excited about Doctor Strange 2, but... Do you have any interest in Avatar? I, I don't know that we've ever even talked about
3: that. I was telling the chat, right, I remember being, like, odd, and, like, it stuck with me for, like, a solid week after watching the first Avatar in theaters. Right. But whenever it comes on for free on TV and I tune to it, I just can't watch it anymore. And I really? Don't know, like, yeah, it's just, like, someone pointed out, like, it doesn't grow well, and I think I'm one of those people that it just didn't grow well with me. I don't know whether it's just because when I, I – I I don't know why, but I'll still see Avatar two just because, like I said before, I want to see the technology advancement, and you know James Cameron usually oh, yeah. shows something really cool and crazy. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for Avatar two. I wouldn't buy a ticket for a movie just to see the trailer, but yeah, I'm excited to see the movie. I remember for me. I saw it because I do
0: not give two squirts of urine about 3D. I think it's a useless gimmick. Now, not everybody shares my opinion. That's fine. But that's just how I feel about it. But I did see the first time I saw Avatar, I saw it in 3D. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is pretty damn good. But then I saw it again like two days later in a non-3D theater. I'm like, oh, it's just as good without the 3D. So I was fine without it. But they did. It will be interesting, like you're saying, Ray, about What is the big advancement he's going to give us this time? I just can only imagine with the amount of time he's been working on this damn film. I hope we're in for something good. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about... This whole notion that we could be getting our first Avatar trailer in front of Doctor Strange 2. Do you think it's a good move? Maybe a bad move? Do you think maybe that this isn't true at all? We're not going to get one until we get closer to the release date? Or do you think that six months is close enough to put the first one out? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. You know what would be great for an opening night screening of uh, Doctor Strange 2 and maybe Avatar? Maybe some Doctor Strange undies. We want to thank the sponsor of today's video, Me Undies. What's something you look forward to waking up to every morning? Is it coffee, your pet? Maybe it's the face of someone you love. Well, Me Undies wants to add to that list. Start your mornings with your favorite underwear. And not just any underwear, but ridiculously soft undies with ridiculous prints that make picking out underwear actually fun because me undies makes the softest fabrics you've ever put on your body so you can sit on your couch all day or go out and live your comfiest life once you try their undies socks bralettes and longwear you will never go back choose from a range of limited edition prints and colors and sizes that go from extra small all the way up to 4xl you can also sign up for their free to join me undies membership where you get a monthly subscription that sends new styles right to your door plus enjoy discounted pricing free shipping and exclusive of early access to new launches. And listen, Me Undies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. Me Undies also gives you this promise. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, you can return your order for a full refund within 45 days. To get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, just go to meundiescom Campia. That's meundiescom Campia. And special thank you to me undies. My wife loves these guys. Me Undies for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia show. Right? Give me some breaking news music, will you? <laughs> breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news. As we all know, the board of the Academy watches the John Campia show. They had to have been watching the opening of this show when we came on it says, How the hell is Tony Hawk presenting at the Academy Awards? And yet, The lead actress of a Best Picture-nominated film is not even invited, let alone presenting, well, 13 minutes ago. They were like, damn right. Why? How did this happen? And now, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Rachel Ziegler has now been invited to be a presenter. (laughs) Again, pointing out is, what kind of cluster F is this operation that now, who are they bumping from a presenter? But still... (laughs) Special thanks, obviously, somewhere in this article must be a special thanks from her representation to the John Campus Show for bringing this <laughs> item to... No, but uh, honestly, but it sounds like the outrage has reached a fevered pitch, and they decided, oh, yeah, we were dumb as hell. What the hell were we thinking? <laughs> and uh, and invite, again, I want to remind people, this wasn't just an oversight that she didn't get invited to the Oscars. That's understandable. That happens. But she actually reached out to them and said, can I please come to the Oscars? (laughs) And they said, boo! (laughs) Boo! They said, no! (laughs) Boo, Rachel Ziegler! And they said, no! They said, no! And now, with, you know, some attention being brought to her, now they're like, oh, would you like to come and present at the Oscars? Hey, look, you know what? Whatever got us here, whatever got us here, Mm -hmm. a wrong has been corrected. Mm -hmm. An injustice... Has been met. We're like Batman. (laughs) John, why are you taking credit for this? Just because I am. Give me this. We're not the heroes of the Oscars. That's right. We're going to take full credit for this. Just give me this. Um, now, Disney looks like, shareholders
1: should watch the show. So
0: this is, this is what they're saying over there. Let me just read this. I'm looking at this for the first time with you guys. Uh, Oscars, uh, Rachel Zegler has been invited to be a presenter. The 20-year-old star, the Best Picture nominee, West Side Story, had previously expressed disappointment that she was not offered a ticket. Not, not asking to present. She's just asking for a ticket. Can I come? No. Uh, to Sunday ceremony. Now, what are they saying here? They're saying... Following an internet firestorm, (laughs) the John Campion show. I I don't know why they're not just saying the John Campion. Following the internet firestorm over the revelation that Rachel Ziegler, the star of the Best Picture Oscar nominee West Side Story, had not been invited to attend the 2022 Oscars on Sunday night, the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences has invited the up-and-comer to be a presenter at the ceremony The Hollywood Reporter has learned. The 20-year-old Latina actress is currently in London shooting Disney's live-action remake of Snow White. She can get on a plane. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter hears that efforts are being undertaken to rearrange the film shooting schedule to enable Ziegler to be at the Oscars. So, hey, whatever it was that brought it about, good has been done today. Yay. Go,
1: Rachel. Oh, Rachel.
3: Please say no to the invitation, no, Rachel. Why you say no to the I Bible. just want to laugh at oh. that. <laughs> so bad.
2: I have really great plans of wearing my boyfriend's flannel in my pajamas. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Sorry. That she totally should get on social media now and just say, just, just a picture of her with her middle finger saying no. no. That's it. Don't even mention the Oscars.
1: But look, look who loses out, her boyfriend. Does she get to take him as a date? I hope so I mean I hope she so. a
0: plus 1. I hope yeah. she, oh, she gets a plus one. At this point, they should let her bring her entourage. She, she'd be allowed <laughs> to bring her family, her neighbors, her babysitter when she was a kid. Serve
3: her dinner during the ceremony. <laughs> the a only <laughs> one with it. <a> <laughs> yeah, let's do it.
2: This is like, the come on, Oscar host. Come on, Oscar Brad writers. Let's Pitt save should, this
0: moment. <laughs> Brad Pitt should walk down the aisle with a tray of In and Out burger and present it to her personally. Uh. Although I hate In and Out burger, I'd rather have her get something good. But, <laughs> but and, you acknowledge
3: that that is the top. Burger! Of Californians, at least. Oh, elite. God, I hate Of it Californians, at least. You have to acknowledge hey. that it's, it's the most popular it's burger. It's, it's the most popular burger here, though.
0: I I have to acknowledge that it is the most popular burger here. It's also big. the best.
3: That's, that, mustard best. fried, bur- so, so. ooh, four by four. Woo. Oh, four by four? <laughs> four by four. You an animal.
1: Dude, animal style, four by four, Mm-mm. mustard fried. Three by three is the most I can Protein go.
2: Protein style, you get damp those damp banana cardboard. peppers on there. <laughs>
0: That's an In-N-L burger. Damp cardboard. Anyway. So good. Don't eat their fries ah it's so bad guys what are you guys doing (laughs) come to canada get a real burger go to
2: texas get a whataburger or
0: or get over to texas and get a good burger all right with all that down guys it is now time for us to move over and start taking your live comments and questions that you guys have been sending in so uh let's get on over to that shall we i'm gonna bring up uh get me off the screen there we go now we got the right person on screen What do you think? What's uh, what's up first here, Chris?
2: We are starting with Marie. And, oh, no, those are yesterdays. We are starting with old Danny Boy and Sidious Swift. Sidious Swift giving us a just super chat to help us out. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sidious. And old Danny Boy writing in, I can't wait to see the moment Obi-Wan realizes that Anakin is still alive in the Kenobi show. Uh,
0: technically, that wasn't supposed, that, that happened. It was called the original Star Wars. That's when <laughs> Vader finds out that Obi-Wan is actually still alive. But they're changing canon for this show and what I'm sure it'll be a very good moment. I'm sure it'll be a good moment nonetheless. Yeah. I am very excited about the show, though. That trailer was fire. That trailer was straight up fire. It was. I, I cannot wait to see the show. All right, what's next?
2: Crash and Coyote. I know this isn't movie related, but what are your thoughts on the new NFL uh, quarterback moves? Woo! Ryan to Colts, watch Julio Jones follow. Mariota to Falcons, Watson to Browns, maybe Garoppolo or Baker to Seattle Rob?
0: I mean, hey, listen, if, if Seattle could get Garoppolo, uh, yeah, you're you're doing pretty good. I think this guy has been undervalued. All he does is win. Like you can say whatever you want. All this guy does is win. Ever since he was in New England, the big honestly, the big question for me is where does Baker Mayfield land? Because say you want listen, Baker Mayfield for all the naysayers, he showed up last year. He played injured the whole year yep. when he should have been sitting on a bench from all of his injuries, they needed him to play and he sucked it up and he went out there and played that team was like one and 30 something in their last, like however many games before he showed up, he showed up, he brought a winning culture to Cleveland. He brought a winning swagger to you were a Cleveland Brown fan for a long time. You just wore a paper bag over your head. That, that's all you did in, in Cleveland. He brought a winning Swagger and attitude to clean. He made that city believe they could win. Now, am I saying he's the best quarterback in the league? No. Am I saying that Deshaun Watson is not an upgrade over him? I'm not saying that he isn't. I'm just saying that this dude deserves some respect, and I hope he lands in a good situation. But if you guys could end up with Jimmy G in Seattle, Rob, I think you guys would be really doing I, we really well. Know,
1: yes, I'm looking forward to that. I hope it happens.
2: Man, I've never not known so many names all at once. <laughs>
0: Just... Sorry, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of sports talk there for a second. All right, what's next?
2: Sam Fisher, Hulk versus Wolverine or Deadpool is basically unstoppable object versus immovable force. Yep. Very nearly literally a knockdown dragout slugfest.
0: It would be glorious. It would be so good to see either of those fights on screen, Sam. I cannot wait. I really want to see it happen. If it happens. All right, what's next?
2: Jay Woods, apologies to all my film lovers that it took this long, but I finally sat down to watch Top Gun, and it's now one of my favorites ever. Talk to me, Goose.
0: <laughs> Take me to bed or lose me forever. I, that's like like one of my favorite lines in that movie. Like
1: You're dangerous. You're,
0: you're dangerous.
1: I am dangerous. <laughs>
0: what's that little Valkyrie? I, mean, I didn't make You can ride about.
1: my tail anytime.
0: I don't think that's what the line is. At the end, isn't it? You can you can be my wingman anytime. Sure, <laughs> that's really not the line, Rob. Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, highway to the danger zone. All right, what's next?
2: Uh, from Mike Joyce, I'm excited for the 4K director's cut of Star Trek TMP, I, the original uh, motion picture.
1: Oh, I'm- really? You're excited about that, are you? Huh. Yeah, John. Nobody one is. of our viewers is excited about they the. They love John, the no, and, and they don't
2: understand the hate it gets.
0: Okay, so I remember like Rob and I had this big debate yesterday. You'll see it talked about in the upcoming mailbag episode. But you know, Rob is very distraught that Paramount isn't making a bigger deal out of. Uh, a restoration 4k release of the original star trek the motion picture to which i then pointed out to him that's the director's edition that they actually put out a rather big press release about it in january and none of the trades chose to carry it because nobody cares only a few obscure websites even carried the press release that paramount put
1: out because
0: they didn't care because even amongst hardcore star trek fans most hardcore Star Trek fans don't like Star Trek the You're original. You're saying this
1: movie. on William Shatner's birthday. <laughs> I know. I'm on
0: you, John.
1: I, you know your... Shatner. I mean, if you don't understand. There would be no Star Trek today without Star Trek the Motion that doesn't Picture. Make the movie any good. Star Trek the Motion <laughs> Picture set a precedent. The human adventure is just beginning. Watch it again. The 4K restoration the director's edition is as if it's almost as important as Avatar 2. Almost? Wow.
2: Like, how close to all those?
0: <laughs> Over or under? Where are we at? <laughs> But I remember, but we were having this debate and I was like, they're not they're not even promoting it. And I'm like, no, a couple months ago they put out a big press release and the trades just didn't even want to carry the release. Look, Aww. man, they
1: drop it. You know when it's debuting, they've been working on this for a year. The team making it. Dave Fine, Mike Mendocino, Darren Dockerman, everybody. They've been working. Bruce Botnick came back to remix it in the Atmos. Ooh, and they've been waiting to do this. for the, the last time this was released on Standard Dev was in 2001. It's been 21 years before they've restored this into Holy its boy. glory. I mean, directed directed by Robert Wise, who co-directed the original West Side Story, directed Sound of Music, edited Citizen Kane, directed Curse of the Cat People. Come on. None of that makes this a good movie. Dude, it's fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad
0: you like it.
3: It's my favorite I'm, Star Trek movie. I'm Thank glad you, you like it. Sword I'm glad you like it. I support you, Rob, even though I'll never watch that movie.
0: <laughs> Aww.
1: Look, man. All right. Bill Shatner you- has never looked better than he looks when they, he first appears in this movie. The shuttle door opens, and there he is in his two tone Admiral suit. God damn, that is one sexy man. It's,
0: it's a good, mo- it's a good moment. That's a good moment. I, I kind of, like, I even like the moment when Bones shows up. Great.
1: It's a hey, it's damn awesome it Bones. Moment. I need you. It's a, it's, it's badly. Uh,
0: it's a, I'll just say that the franchise got better as it went. went, went
1: Star that, Trek: The Motion Picture is the most Star Trek of all the Star Trek movies.
2: It's Star Trek's the hardest.
1: <laughs> it Star Trek's the hardest. <laughs> Star Trek the motion pictures. It treks Man, hard, it's baby. Bigger. It's so treks hard. Hard. Bigger. Okay, we gotta keep going. What's next?
2: <laughs> All right. From Andy, one of two. I've noticed some people opted out of watching the Batman in theaters to wait for it on HBO Max on April nineteenth. How much do you think this has affected the Batman's box office? I think WB cannibalized themselves a bit by announcing that its HBO Max release would be 45 days after theatrical release. Well,
0: I mean, in in Warner Brothers' defense, who has been recently, you know, the idiot younger brother of the family uh, with the way they handle the films in 2021 and all that kind of stuff. But in fairness to them, the 45-day window is kind of becoming the new industry standard, right? So it's not really crazy that they said 45 days it's kind of becoming the new standard however with a movie like the batman you want to give it as much leeway as you can because it's still making money
1: its hold has been tremendous
0: yeah the hold has been quite good and this whole idea of rushing to let people know it'll be on home video yeah you cannibalized it now you're going to lose out on the money you would have made on them watching it in theaters because you know, who's going to be most excited about watching it on HBO max. The people who saw it in yeah. theaters, we're the ones who are most excited about watching it on HBO max, but you've taken that away. I, I, again, I just don't think it was wise for them on this one. I think they should have at least played a little bit closer to the vest, but we'll see how that all plays out. All right. What's next?
2: Orlando Rego. You guys have a favorite movie that you skipped to the third act for me. For Avengers Endgame, I go with the Avengers assemble happening.
0: A movie that I just often skip to the third act. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I do. for me, big payoff is all made possible by a great buildup. So I suppose it's kind of like sex that way. But yeah. I mean, no, I mean it's it's I I it, the big ending has more meaning to me if I go through the movie first. Otherwise, it's just kind of empty calories to me. So. I don't really don't have any movie. I just skipped to the third act. On what about you, Rob?
1: You know, I, I hate to admit that I have one ca- I, I, that one even popped into my mind. It's a movie I've seen a million times that I love, but I watch. Sometimes I'll just watch the bank heist and shootout from Heat.
0: Yeah, I in can the see streets that.
1: of L.A. Yeah. I love that. I, there's so much to learn from that sequence. It's one of the greatest. Just the expressions of. Tom Sizemore and and Valcoma when they realize they they're about to get popped. I love that so much.
3: All right. Right, you got one? All the Ninja Turtle movies. <laughs> it's true. There's been the way ninja too much movies. exposition
0: at the beginning for you. Yeah, yeah, you're not into that big character development, the layering of the narrative or anything like that.
2: Like, I don't want to see
0: April drawing
2: these turtles in bathtubs. Okay, let's move on. You just
0: want to get right to go ninja, go ninja, go. Yep. I mean, just get right to that. Okay, what's next?
2: Uh, from Sam Fisher. Okay, John, would you watch a Predator versus Ewoks movie?
0: Sure, I mean, it'll be terrible, but I definitely watch it, no doubt. Those right, Ewoks are going to come
2: through. Sidious Swift, I think it might be. I might be more excited about Avatar One being re-released before Avatar Two. I didn't get a chance to see the first one, nor have I seen it.
0: Oh wow, wow! Then, then wow. yeah, you're That's in. Awesome. You're in for a treat. Listen, I, I am just jealous. I mean, it's a great theatrical experience, and you know they're going to re-release the first Avatar. I
1: hope they do in 3D too. I'd love to see. I would. I, I would doubt that they did. I wouldn't and, doubt and it. IMAX they did. 3D, dude. I'd love to go back.
0: Yeah. So good on you, Sidious, and that'll be great. You're going to be able to watch the first one. Because all the rest of us, we had to watch it, then wait 12 years or 13 years to then watch it. You're going to get to watch the first one and voop, go right in and oh, watch yeah. the second one. That's pretty cool. All right. What's next?
2: Sam Fisher, one of two. I feel it needs to be said that casting Christina Ricci in this Wednesday Adams series, but not as Morticia, is a missed opportunity. I love Zeta Jones, but I'd prefer Ricci. Or they could do a continuation of the 90s movies with Ricci as Adult Wednesday starting her own family, like the musical. Yeah, but
0: again, that's completely changing their... Their story comes first, and that would be absolutely just completely scrapping their entire idea for a show. And I got to disagree with you. I do not think she'd be a good Morticia. I think she still looks too young. Yeah, exactly. And I think Catherine Zeta-Jones, I think she will kill it as
1: Morticia. Also, Morticia has to be tall, and Christina Ricci is not tall. And
2: Louise Gutzman as... uh... As Gomez, I think, is going to be great. I'm think, really excited. Like, half the times
0: I watch him in things, I think this I don't even knew, know if this dude read his lines before he just came on set and he's kind of but he's so sometimes fun. he is so perfect for a role that he's in, and this could be a good one for mm-hmm. him. It really could. All right, what's next
2: from Al Renshaw? If Spielberg or uh Bose, sorry for grammar error, said they would not come if Ziegler did not, then do you think the academy would change their mind?
0: No. I, I but I, I mean but listen, it's it's like what I always say, what Steven Spielberg cannot accomplish, the John Campion show can. No. Um you always say that? Always. Like I just said it to Ann over breakfast. it's <laughs> no, I here's what I think. I don't think the Academy should, nor I don't think the Academy would, nor do I think they should, you know, kneel to threats because if you do, then that's all you're gonna be doing all day the next thing the next celebrity is going to come on unless you do this i'm not going to do whatever and then the next celebrity is going unless you do this i'm not going to you can't start doing that but i mean recognizing that the entire internet was outraged about this sort of thing over over something that they clearly had to know was they were wrong in this i mean there's there's no there is no way of looking at this that they weren't wrong so i think that probably well, fixed you got
2: to you got to pick your battles too right cuz i know yes. i mean all signs are pointing to Jessica Chastain probably cinching this win, right? Isa t- Tammy Faye, she did great. And she's talked about how, with solidarity with her makeup artists who were very, very important to her nailing this role, she's going to miss some red carpets so she can be there supporting them and make sure that she's there for when they win, hopefully. Yeah, she's
0: going to be in the theater already supporting them, which I think is great of her to I think do. that's wonderful. All right, what's next?
1: Can we lobby to get into the Vanity Fair party? <gasps> oh, I've always wanted to go, go to, to go that. I would love to go to the Vanity Fair party, oh. you know.
0: I would
2: sell my soul. Let's do it. All right. Let's All right. This. Jerome, the secret that Beth is keeping from Rip is why she hates Jamie. So, how do you think he will react when he finds out? Like, will he kill Jamie? This is 19- 1883.
0: I, I, I thought. No, or it's Yellowstone. Yellowstone. I thought he did know. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not, okay. He knows that she can't have kids. But I don't know. It's, it's It's a terrible thing. Like, the way. This is what makes Yellowstone such a great show because I. Jamie I was a kid not ja- yeah Jamie was a kid doing the best he could and doing what he thought was best he was trying and it it turned out terribly and so i don't know i mean it wasn't a doll. obviously the dad got mad but i thought rip knew Uh, i'm not really sure all right what's next from anish watched fresh on hulu the
2: other day wow what an absolutely bonkers movie (laughs) great directorial debut and impeccable acting from the two leads
0: you know sebastian stan i i've been wanting to watch this because everybody says it's really good i haven't had a chance to catch it yet have either of you guys watched fresh yet no but i know it's my kind of movie rob Yes. Oh, and what did you think?
1: I loved it. Uh, I, first of all, have you seen the French film Raw? Mm-mm. the the By the the woman who directed Tatane? No. I always wonder when there's various things in the zeitgeist and where do they come from? And there is, I mean, it's a zombie thing, but normal people that eat human meat. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. Shh. Uh, But it's a thing now, and I'm there for it. I loved Fresh. I thought Fresh was great. So, if you... I'm glad you liked it. I loved (laughs) it. I mean, I don't say. I mean, I loved it. And Sebastian Stan was great in it.
0: I'm excited to
2: watch it. All right, what's next?
1: I mean, the guy's on Fresh and Pam and Tommy Lee. Yeah. Like, he's got these two great TV projects. At the same time, he's got a great agent. Are we ready? Okay, what's next?
0: Uh,
2: Carlos Sosa. I pre-ordered my No Way Home Collector's Target DVD.
0: Woo! I don't buy physical media, but I'm (laughs) I'm
1: super glad that you did. You have a PlayStation 5 that has a 4K drive (laughs) right Yeah, it's such a waste of
0: space. There's absolutely no need for it. the playstation no 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 no, 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 the drive is a waste of space i got
2: so excited that you were like i don't even want it and i was gonna be like give me this
0: the drive is a waste of space yes okay what's next
2: from jay woods john switching to nfl real quick any thoughts on the free agency battles this past week and a half
0: well we already talked about it. i mean the movement has been kind of crazy like the Deshaun Watson thing, which, by the way, odd signing by Cleveland when they don't even know if the NFL is just going to straight up maybe suspend him for a year. But we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Carson Wentz getting out of Indianapolis, uh, which I mean, you knew Indianapolis was going to get rid of them. Matty Ice finding a new home. We're going to see where Baker Mayfield lands. I mean, where's Jimmy G going to land? I, I it just it's it's Seattle. been a fabulous. I mean, if Seattle can get him, man, that's I'm mean, obviously. With Wilson leaving Seattle, that's great. I think Denver's got to suddenly be considered Dude, I told a Super you, I saw, Bowl
1: contender. I saw Wilson in a Denver jersey. Number three, Yeah, Bronco. Just didn't sit well, John.
0: Uh, I'm sure for Seahawks fans it doesn't. All it's right, like, what's next?
2: From Victor, Rob, the original RoboCop is coming out on glorious 4K next month.
1: It is from Arrow. And uh, uh, I can't wait.
2: They were way too young uh, when they saw it the first time, but i have loved it ever since.
0: Just it's, watch it on streaming. It's 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 better. It's quicker. It's more. Uh, it's more convenient. It's right there when you need it. You don't have to walk over and grab a disc and put it into some archaic machine. Just go. I'm breaking Rob's heart right now. Features on
1: that disc. <laughs> great special that's, features. That's
0: that's the big. That's the big equalizer. The Arrow disc that's is it. great. Although
1: yeah. I do, I am tired of them. Basically double dipping, but whatever. <laughs>
0: All right, what's next?
2: Al Renshaw again. I would watch that Predator, Predator versus Ewok series. I'm, I'm
0: telling you straight up, the, the Ewoks would win. The Predators ain't never exactly. fought anybody like the Ewoks.
1: There's a lot more of them.
0: And there's a lot more of them. And they, the, you do not do not underestimate the Ewoks, my friends. All right the stormtroopers did look what happened to them all right what's next
2: gone with the cheddar Rewatching all of atlanta before the new season nice it's crazy how the careers of the cast have changed domino and festos
0: have come a long way see that's the thing when it started it was childish gambino with a couple of no names well Keith is not a no name anymore uh brian is not a no name anymore zazzy beats Ain't no no-name anymore. It is suddenly now a show of four superstars. And maybe that had something. I really did think it had more to do with the writing and the process of getting it to where he wanted it to be. But I have been dying for this show to return. And I'm sorry, but that one teaser they put out where they're at a press conference and one guy says, with our plan, we will end racism by 2024. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. I mean, it it just, I cannot wait for the show to return. And you're right. It's crazy how that cast has now evolved to where it is now literally a cast of all superstars. And uh, it's going to be neat to see the dynamic in the show. Dude, Donald Glover is Lando Calrissian. Come on. I mean, I know. I know. All right, what's next?
2: From Orlando again, I am so excited for next week since me and my friends are going to Dallas for WrestleMania weekend. So excited since it's my first time in Dallas. You know, Anne got
0: invited to go to WrestleMania this year. She got invited to go. Um, Because, like, Anne's best friend is Corey and Kaori is dating WWE guy Nigel, uh, former Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. And so he gets, he can get tickets to these things. And Anne and Corey, they, I think, WrestleMania was in Dallas just a number of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So Anne and Corey actually flew out to Dallas for that WrestleMania. They were just there for one night, and Anne immediately turned around and came home. But this year, it kind of happens over her birthday weekend. So Anne's like, I don't think I want to spend my birthday in Dallas. So, that's fair. Yeah, she wants to, She wants to, <laughs> well, no, no, nothing against Dallas. I was going
2: as a Texan.
0: She just wants to be home with her friends on her birthday. Wow. That's that's the only thing. As there.
2: a proud Houstonian, y'all can be real uppity, and I'm just going to say that.
3: And plus, there's some people are saying it's in L.A. next year, too. So she has oh, another shot at, that's at WrestleMania. Right.
0: Yeah, you know we're all probably going to go to WrestleMania next year here in L.A. All right, what's next?
2: From T-Bone. Hi, gang. I was curious to hear Chris's advice on getting representation for commercials, print work, and any uh, form sites she'd recommend. Thanks. Oh, representation for acting, I'm assuming, then. Um, So the first thing is, are you in class? Are you in an acting class right now? Do you think you don't need to take them anymore? Because guess what, you do. I teach acting classes and I still take them. Um, so do that first, get all the training you can. Make sure you have excellent headshots. If you're in the LA area, go to Leah Hubner or the headshot truck, someplace really, really reputable that are gonna make you pop and make you look like you. Do not get glamor shots. No one wants an actor who doesn't look like themselves. Um, from there on, get some really nice clips of yourself. You can film things yourself too in those acting classes. You can create things with your friends. You've got an incredible camera attached to your phone. Take some prints of yourself, doing some editorial kind of things, if modeling is what you're looking for, which it kind of sounds like. Um, the big thing though is continually be educating yourself, continually be taking classes, get in an improv class right now if you want to do commercials.
1: All right, good advice. Wow, we should clip that out, and put it behind a paywall because that was <laughs> a good advice. That was a masterclass right That was, there. and oh, you good. delivered it spectacularly Thank well. Thank
2: you so much. This is why she it. makes
1: the big bucks. All right, what's next?
2: From John Redcorn, one of 2 is it fair to call Eternals Marvel's first L? It's got mixed to negative critic scores. I don't know if the audience were crazy about it, and it made four hundred and two mil on. uh there we go, on a two hundred million budget. Yes, pandemic era box office, but still.
0: I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm I'm unapologetically. I still think it's a great film. I like. I too. don't think it's top shelf MCU, but I put it. I thought it was first of all. Definitely very, very different from anything else they've done. It, it was released more in the heart of the pandemic than, than other things have been. It wasn't in the heart of the pandemic, but it was, you know, closer to the pandemic thing otherwise. It was a very different kind of movie. We always knew, we always said, like, this. this the box office realities of that movie were going to be more restricted. We always knew that. But the reality is this. It did get a lower critic score than maybe any other Marvel property. Um, it did not make the kind of money that a Marvel film is used to taking, but I, I just find the film to be so good. I, I cannot call it a loss, especially having made over $400 million, but, uh, still look, I I wouldn't say somebody is wrong if they looked at it that way because the the numbers are there, but I don't know, Rob, what do you think?
1: Look, I enjoyed it. I think it was just different. I mean, a lot, there's a lot of people that have uh, legitimate problems with the film and, and I don't think it's by any means a perfect movie. But as a science fiction film and as a glimpse, something new, something interesting, and as a tribute to Kirby, even though it's very different from what Kirby envisioned, I still really enjoy the movie. I thought it had a really unique tone and a feel to it that none of the Marvel movies have. And it's certainly an outlier. But I think it's a very worthy, worthy motion picture, John. All right. What's next?
2: From Anish, saw a low-budget movie in theaters this weekend called The Outfit. The entire movie takes place inside a tailor shop, dealing with the mob in the 1930s. I love these kinds of movies.
0: You know, my buddy uh, Ryan went to go see that. Mine and Ray's buddy Ryan went to go see that. And I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I didn't know it was an all one location movie. And he told—we were having dinner the other night. He told me it's all one. Location. I love movies that happen in one location. Me too. Like whether it's super small, like Ryan Reynolds is buried, or even like um, Sylvester Stallone's Oscar, which. Technically does have a couple of scenes outside the house, but for the most part, the whole movie takes place inside the house. And I really like those. So I am really curious to see this movie. I want to see. I know you are, too, Rob.
1: Yeah, it looks fantastic. I mean, a mob movie and Mark Rylance and I bring it on. All right. What's Can't next? Waste.
2: From Moby Teguire, one of three. What if when Venom was in New York there was no Spider-Man? So when Venom left, then there was Spider-Man. And when Venom goes back, all they will do, 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 do. All the uh that the all they will hear that J. JJ Jameson saying that he is a villain and that's why they fight.
0: Um Oh, so 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 like so one of the things that we've been talking about is The concept of like an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man being in a Venom movie and the two of them fight is the problem, of course, there is that Venom is not a villain in this movie universe. So maybe, you know, Venom buys into the stuff. But here's the problem with that, though. Eddie is a journalist, and I think he would see through Jay Jonah's bullshit.
2: Especially this version of him. Yeah, that is very, very like extremist uh probably not vetting his sources more tabloid like yeah
0: so i i don't know but it, that that does offer a, pro- a possibility moby it does offer possible what do you think rob
1: I, I definitely a possibility i mean i'm curious to see obviously and look sony's done this to themselves this speculation venom has popped in and out of the mcu why this has happened what are the ramifications of this Where's who's going to go where and why and how? How are they going to put this all together? All of this stuff needs to be addressed. Uh, and, and these are questions that have arisen because of what they've shown us. I think they have a plan. That's why I think that Andrew Garfield will probably wind up in Venom 3. But again, I don't really know the answer about the J. Jonah Jameson thing, but I think they know what they're going to do with it.
0: I just want to share this. So we, Sebastian Stan's been coming up. I f- totally forgot about this picture. Somebody sent this into me because I totally forgot. But Sebastian's come into my studio a couple of times. And he's actually a delightful, uh, delightful guy. So there's the last time the Sebastian came in there. There's our our Tommy Lee is right there. So, yeah, a totally delightful, wonderful, awesome guy. He's, he's just terrific, humble, just really a, a really cool person to be around. All right. What's next
2: from Anthony? Just saw the Batman for a third time. This time in Dolby. What do you think? Uh, what do you and the team like better, IMAX with laser or Dolby Cinema?
0: Dolby. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like I, I listen. The IMAX thing is this: is a no lose situation. The IMAX is great. I love watching movies there, but I will always choose the AMC Prime Dolby. Always my first choice. Rob, I think you're an IMAX. I'm guy, an right?
1: IMAX guy, but it has to be a real IMAX screen. Right, I have the to full say though, seventy five millimeter. Yeah. The the Dolby Theaters, the presentation is incredible. Yeah. The sound and the picture quality, razor sharp. The sound is tight. Mm-hmm. I really love a really well-calibrated sound system. And when we saw Joker.
0: Oh, yeah. Dude, that was a great experience. Dude. All right. What's next?
2: From Waleed, hello, everyone. I w- would you be okay if Marvel took a break from TV and movies for three years? And two, what are the movies that you never want to see a remake of?
0: There is no movie I don't want to see a remake of. To remake anything, it doesn't matter. If, if the remake's good, you've got another good movie. If the remake's bad, oh, well, you forget about it and just go back to the original. So every movie's on the table for a remi- remake. Yeah, look, I'm only okay with Marvel taking like a three-year break. if there, It's time. If they said it's time to reset. Mm -hmm. It's time to reboot the universe and start afresh. If they did that, fine. Otherwise, no, you don't take a three-year break. You don't go from making seven projects a year to taking three years off unless it's for
1: a major reset. Rob, what do you think? I completely agree with that. And also, look, it's not like they're still not making cash. Look at how excited we were for Spider-Man and look at how deliriously excited we are for Multiverse of Madness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, what's next? Why stop?
2: Dante, hey campia campers just (laughs) wanted to say i love you all and watch dmz great four episode miniseries. one of the best filmed fist fights i've ever seen on tv bring on the filthy
1: is that dropped i didn't
2: know it did it dropped
0: and i was getting ready to watch it and then i had a few people write to me tell me it was awful oh and i'm like but but I love Rosario Dawson. I don't want to see her in something that's awful. And so I was kind of afraid to then watch it. So I've actually heard quite bad things about it. It dropped like last week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, With a whimper. And you know, I remember the first, and they dropped, they did what HBO does not do. They dropped all four episodes at once. And somebody wrote to me, it's like, I can tell you why they dropped all four episodes at once. Because they said, just like you say, when you have a good show, it builds momentum. This would have built negative word of mouth. Um. I mean, again, I, I haven't seen myself. I just got scared off of watching it. So, if any of you guys have watched DMZ, damn it, I would love to hear what your thoughts on it are. Because I heard some bad things. I'm glad you liked it, Dante. Though you're the first person that's written into me that oh, said you enjoyed man, it. So, I'm bummed. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of bummed too. But I- I'll probably still have to I give trust it Dante a check. Check out my first and uh, two as well. All right, what's next?
2: Colby Parker, one of two. Hey, crew. I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat here. Do you think the Flash movie being delayed so long? Mm-hmm could be to Flashpoint, the DCEU, making the Batverse the main DC universe moving forward. I don't like it, but it might make sense since The Flash is now the latest slated DC movie. Thanks.
0: No, people, look, we've talked about this before, Colby, and thanks for writing that in. Rob, you and I have talked about this several times. Yes. It, It presents a fundamental misunderstanding that a lot of average film fans have about movies. These movies take years to make. And when I say years, I don't just mean like one or two. I mean, from the moment that an executive or a creative sit down at a table and think, here's an idea. A lot of films take five, six, seven years. Or 87, like The Flash. Or 87, like The Flash, to come to a screen and stuff like that. And this idea that, oh, here at the last second, we're just going to change the overall philosophy, and all we (laughs) need to do is just bump the release date of this one by a couple of months. Um, So, no. The release date bump of The Flash represents nothing to do with a change of philosophy or a change of direction or a change in the movie or anything like that. They just did a big wholesale shuffle of everything, and they moved it around. They've known for a long time that they're going to be a studio that does both. Shared cinematic universe movies and standalone isolated movies. And no, this doesn't represent a change of anything. Rob, how do you see that?
1: I completely agree. And really, at the end of the day, I just want to see great films. I think this idea that that we have to worry about whether or not the MCU is a shared universe from the get-go. It's always been that way. It's designed to be that way. Warner Brothers just trying to follow up with that was, again, reactionary. It was ill conceived. It wasn't planned as well as it should have been. And I think getting uh matt reeves the batman i have no desire to see the batman 2 set in any kind of cinematic universe other than what reeves is giving us on the other hand i'm looking forward to this flashpoint movie so am i
0: it's not real you guys it's not real uh, when will we realize it's not real all right what's next
2: this is written in from rob's existential crisis here we go one of two a few weeks ago you talked about the passing of actor uh jaspar uh, sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Who's going to be in MK, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. At the time, his face seemed familiar, but I couldn't place him. But today it clicked. He's one of four actors, uh, the others being Mads Michelson, Anthony Hopkins, and Brian Cox to have played notorious serial killer and everyone's favorite cannibal, Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Yep. Gaspard played him in 2007's Hannibal Rising.
0: Rob, which is not good.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't bad in the role. But look, everyone, even Thomas Harris, that book should be disavowed. And I'm a huge Thomas Harris fan. There was no need. Although I will say this, Brian Fuller in the Hannibal series made good use of that mythology. And he wasn't bad as Hannibal in that movie. It's just like that was such a shameless cash grab.
0: Oh, well. All right. What's next? Kelsey
2: Schumacher sending in an almost $20 super chat. Oh, thank track. you, Kelsey. Just wanted to show some love. Hope you all are doing well and have an awesome week. Love you guys. Thank you, Kelsey. You know, it, it is
0: is—it is a great week. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to announce it today. I will just tell you that something significant has happened for the John Campia show and the channel, uh, and I will be making an announcement probably in the next week or two to let you guys know about it. Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. It's not like Tom Cruise is coming to join the show, <laughs> but, but for us, it's a pretty big deal. Um, And I will let you guys know more about that in the next uh, week or two. But yes, Kelsey, it has been a great week. Thank you so much for asking. But he is going
1: to promote the fact he's playing a variant Tony Stark in Multiverse of Madness with us, isn't he? Uh, Oh, wait.
0: Oh, were we not supposed to say that? Oh. Oh. Now we we signed a non-disclosure, Rob. Oh, no. We signed a damn non-disclosure. All right, what's next?
2: Bailey Fuller. I love the Terminal. Oh dear! I, I loved Batman, but I preferred the role of the preacher from the Devil all the time. A WWE <laughs> wow. documentary about heels this Thursday.
0: Um, is there a WWE documentary about heels? That's Apparently. a isn't that also the name of um
2: Stephen Amell's show? Stephen Amell's yeah. show.
0: You know what? Here's the funny thing. I adore Stephen Amell. Same. I have not gotten around to watching heels yet, and Same. I, I've heard good things. And you love wrestling. I used to love wrestling. Oh, I used to love wrestling. I I will watch it once in a while now. I certainly know my wrestling history, but I I have been interested in the show. I've heard nothing but good things about it, and I've just I just have, I don't even know what network it's on. Is it stars. Is
3: oh yeah, stars. It's
0: stars. I think so. See, that's I could be wrong. Your network, I, but I will get around but, to watching it. I, have, Ray, you're more into this stuff right now than I am today. Like, have you watched heels at all?
3: I don't watch. Wrestling that much at all, so That's I what wouldn't watch too.: Yeah, I wouldn't watch a show about wrestling either. Well, at least not right now. It might be something I'll go back to later. But right now, I'm just not feeling the whole, the whole not glow. Thing. Did you watch? Glow? But I say glow. that. Yet I'm gonna buy the WWE wrestling game later with my Target gift card, baby. Mm-hmm. Well, and buy- when we walked into GameStop. Yeah. Really like, Look at that stone cold. And you're
0: like, went over and grabbed the stone <laughs> cold and everything.
3: It's only because of Scott Hall. I just want to play yeah, him the for a little Scott bit. Hall, yeah. My, one of my top three wrestlers. So yeah.
0: All right. What's
2: next from Jacob over under 50% chance of TASM. The three, amazing Spider-Man three. three. Thank you. Or Andrew coming back
0: under 50. I, I'm going to go under 50. I really do like Andrew Garf. First of all, just on surface, I think this movie was meant to be his swan song. That's what it was for is for Toby and Andrew to have their chance to say goodbye. And they did it and they did it perfectly. And I honestly think it would be a shame to ruin that by, by bringing them back again. That being said, I ain't going to lie and pretend I wouldn't be excited to see it, but honestly, even without that, but then Andrew Garfield came out and said, and granted he had lied to everybody for over a year, but he said, look, I know everybody's going to think I'm lying. Cause I've lied. I cried wolf for over a year, but honestly, I have no plans to come back to Spider-Man again. And I actually believe him, but I would love it, but I will say under fifty percent that we see him back, or that there's I def I, I'd say under two percent that we would get the Amazing Spider-Man three, under fifty that he's coming back in any sort of way, but under two percent that we get an Amazing Spider-Man three. Rob, that's
1: well, you know me, I uh, I think it's probably pretty low. We're gonna gonna get an Amazing Spider-Man three, but I could see him coming back playing Spider-Man in some form. In Venom,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in Venom, yes.
0: I see. I think that's far more likely. It's far more likely that he comes back and appears again. And I still say under 50%, but I think it's practically nil that like an amazing spider. What do you think, Chris?
2: Over 50, he's going to come back as Spider-Man in Venom. Over, over, over. That movie's going to happen. You don't give me a taste of something I want and then pull the plate away. No, more (laughs) is more. Give me more, Andrew. More is more. All right, what's next? Jake Wallace. It's my birthday today. Happy birthday, birthday, Jack thanks for all you and your crew do my son aiden wanted to give a shout out to rob and his action figures
0: you know one of these days you know what we used to do we used to rob and i used to do a show called the weekly hero and what we would do every week is we would feature a one six scale figure yeah and it was one of the most we should bring that back at some point
1: i have to say jack's son aiden has become i think he'd be is he 10 yet Maybe he's nine. He he's been doing some action figure photography
3: mm. that's
1: quite extraordinary. Oh and uh he 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 does a great, great job. I actually met with them, they had dinner with us up in Portland last year, and uh Aiden is quite the budding talent. And Jack himself, he does leather work. He actually made a present that I gave to Elizabeth for her. Uh, paint her brushes like a, a a container that she can take to the studio oh my gosh he does great great leather work Sunny. and he made me a script cover
0: very cool all right hey guys we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video athletic greens we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video coinbase have you found yourself curious about getting involved in cryptocurrency but if you're like a couple of friends of mine who have been really interested in it they felt kind of overwhelmed by it like not even knowing how to get started well that's where coinbase comes in because they make learning to buy and sell crypto simple coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy sell and spend cryptocurrency they support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone they offer portfolio Management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. And that's why millions of people all over the world in 100 different countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. So whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. And for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com com slash campia sign up at coinbase.com slash campia for ten dollars in free bitcoin this offer is for a limited time only so be sure to sign up today that's coinbase.com slash campia and thank you to the good folks at coinbase for sponsoring this episode of the john campus show don't forget guys go and use that code just coinbase.com slash campia get ten dollars in free bitcoin all right let's keep going now what do we have next
2: chris minor ewan is obi-wan glover is lando or alden is han Alden
0: Ehrenreich aaron wright was a great young han solo he was a great young i don't care what anybody says he was a great young han solo i loved glover as lando as well but it's ewan mcgregor as obi-wan i, I mean at least to me chris what do you think
2: probably the order we have it here is the order i like the most ewan then glover then alden
1: rob i think so too because look uh Ewan McGregor McGregor's Obi Wan was cast and directed by George Lucas, which gives I think him more legitimacy.
0: So was Jar Jar Binks,
1: but yeah. Jar Jar Binks was animated; he wasn't real.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> still, still. What? Right. you All do right.
1: realize? Animation is lesser of importance than anything.
2: Real. I'm
0: gonna come <laughs> over and fight Them's you. Them are fighting oh, words. All
2: right. this table. What's next? I critic. Some are saying Coda is a best picture frontrunner. It is. Some definitely are, but it has no nomination for editing or direct or director. No movie has won best picture without those noms since 1932.
0: What are chances this stat can
2: be broken? It's
0: extremely high. Um, I, again, look, there are, I don't buy this. There's some people always saying like, when a director doesn't get nominated for Best Director, when a picture is nominated for Best Picture, they go, well, did the movie direct itself? It's like, well, you got to remember, there are 10 nominees for Best Picture and only five nominees for Best Director. It's going to happen. I mean, one of the most notorious ones was, of course, when Ben Affleck, not only his picture, Argo won Best Picture of the Academy Awards, Ben Affleck won every major directing honor that year from the Directors Guild of America to to I mean every single major directors he won best director and yet he didn't get a nomination at the academy awards that's, that's still the one that confuses me the most that being said um yeah that's it's, it's going to break this year that that little trend is going to break this year you code is going to win I, I wouldn't have thought that two months ago I thought all the momentum was behind West Side Story that all the momentum is now clearly behind Coda. So while it is not my pick to win, it's it's certainly deserving of a nomination.
1: Um, you know who did think it was going to win?
0: Yeah, yeah. One person in this room has been calling for months that they thought Coda was going to win Best Picture, and she's probably going to end up being right. She's <laughs> I should have bets. Right. I, you know, now I'm just going to remain right and poor. The funny thing, though, is <laughs> that its main... Competition is a film that I don't even think should be nominated for Best Picture, which Power is Power of the Dog. Yeah. I-, I like the movie. Fantastic performances. Hop in tick tick mo it's not a best picture of the year kind of I- at least that's just me. That's my own subjective opinion. But
1: but you have just you have just codified why the Oscars are having a problem with viewership. Well, not because it's no. It's that the movies, though
0: they vote for the movies that they think are best. It, this is not the ones that I happen no, to
1: think. No, but I but no, 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 but no, no, no. But what I mean is that these films are not as well known by the general population. The people that would tune into the Oscars.
0: But that's always been the case with the Oscars. Yeah, but always. they used to have much higher profile films. Some. Now it's
1: hard to see these movies.
0: But like you go back a bunch, you remember the artist like won Best Picture. Like n- yeah. nobody had even, nobody had seen it. Was a black and white. No, that was
1: that was that's true.
0: I mean, but the Oscars have always been like pelted with those. And by the way, that's the way it should be. The Oscar, I want the Oscar members to vote what they honestly think is the best movies of the year. I don't want them to have any other consideration. I agree. I don't want them to give one second of thought to what was popular. What did more people see? That should have nothing to do with it. It should always be. What did you, as the 7,000 voting members of the Academy, who are film professionals yourselves, what did you think honestly was the best? And sometimes that's going to mean they're going to pick ones that I wouldn't have, and that's fine. Like like Power of the Dog, I don't think it should be a Best Picture nominee, but there it is. Uh, and sometimes it will align very much alike, but it's, uh, I just don't, you know, have the best popular movie category. Anyway, all right, what's next?
2: Living with Dameron. Had a great anniversary in L.A. Nice. Thanks to Rob for theater, advi- theater advice and sorry I didn't get you any snacks. Also, Batman premiere night was amazing.
0: What I'm going to assume you gave them a recommendation to go to the Chinese.
1: Uh, I That's
0: think where so. I usually recommend. Oh, yeah, I, I people, think yeah.
1: so because that to so see it in IMAX, you know, and oh, not that yeah. you shouldn't go to a Dolby theater, but the Chinese has such great laser projection. The screen is big. Plus, you get to go there. You walk in. There's costumes and there's the 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 outdoor where you can see the. It's just fun. To it's go
0: there. all sorts of gorgeous. Yeah. All right. What's next? Sootheus,
2: where is McFarlane's Spawn trailer? I'm worried.
0: As far as I know, this movie's not getting made. Yeah. I mean, they, they never Hang shot one frame. Like, I, I, I don't think this movie's going to happen at all. So it's you got have you have to have started production in order for there to be a trailer. So uh, that's where it is. And yes, you should be worried. I don't think it's going to happen. All right, what's next?
2: John Redcorn, I think this is continuing his Eternals talk. By the way, I don't hate the film, but didn't love it either. I
0: mean, that's true for a lot of movies for a yep. lot of people. I, I personally did quite enjoy it a lot. But uh, yeah, hey, it's, it's all films to all people, man. All right, what's next?
2: From Anthony, hey, John and team, new subscriber here, love the show. Thank
0: you for coming along, Anthony. Appreciate that, man.
2: Wonder where this show has been my whole life, LOL.
0: <sighs> We've been there.
1: We've always around. been there.
0: Just waiting for you. Just waiting. We, it's like, the,
1: like Superman, I'll be around.
0: I'll be there. <laughs> you you well, know where to find us. And honestly, Anthony, thank you so much for that. And we're glad that you're here and joining us and being a part of our community. Thanks so much for that. All right. What's next?
2: Mr. Hank Dunn sending an $820 super chat. Thank you, Hank. I want to say congrats to Chris Stuckman for his horror film being the biggest produced Kickstarter film of all time. Are you excited for his movie? Yes,
0: I was really like Chris. Uh, obviously, Chris is a guy I know. He's been on uh, my show. He's been on. He's he's sat on my panel at Comic Con number of times. Uh, it's always exciting to see when a guy like that, who loves film so much, is being given an opportunity. So it's like anything else. Let's see how it turns out. But yeah, I'm extremely happy for him, and and I hope it turns out really really well. All right, what's next?
2: Ryan Gerger. Hi, John. I watched The Godfather on Sunday. So did someone else. <laughs> uh, I didn't think it was the greatest move, movie of all time or anything. It was just a, a good movie. This week, I will skip movie club. Well, I mean, listen, oh. that's,
0: that's the thing. That's the thing about movies. All film is subjective. Like the vast majority of cinephiles consider The Godfather to either be amongst the greatest films of all time or the greatest film of all time. But that doesn't mean it's going to speak to you. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, and that's okay. So uh, it is what it is. But yeah, I'm glad Ray liked it. Ray, like Ray was saying some very interesting things before yeah. the show started today Very impressed about it. So, all right. Thanks a lot for writing that in, Ryan. Okay, what's next? Patrick Short.
2: Hey, John and crew. I saw where Marvel is doing a Werewolf by Night Halloween special on Disney+. What is your anticipation for this? And can Rob give some insight on the character?
0: I have next to zero anticipation for it. I'll be honest with you. I mean, we got Michael Giacchino who's apparently going to direct it. That's intriguing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure once I see some promo for it, I'll get interested. But uh, to be qu- quite frank with you, Marvel is overextending themselves right now, and they're they're literally putting out too much, and it's especially with some of their content. I believe now is starting to suffer. I wasn't, I did not like uh, Hawkeye, I I like Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Loki, but I didn't love them. So it's I'm not automatically super stoked for Marvel content anymore. Intrigued, yes, not all that stoked. Rob, what would you? Yeah, I mean, add to that?
1: look, the Werewolf by Night character is my favorite. Appearances of Werewolf by Night are, I believe. In the first series of Moon Knight 29 and 30, look up Moon Knight 29 and 30, two of my favorite comic book covers of all time, bringing back the character Moon Knight debuted in the pages of Werewolf by Night. But Werewolf by Night has always been a sort of mm, unremarkable character, but it'll be interesting to see if they tie in Moon Knight to all of that. That's how I want to, that's how I'd like to and see his, that happen.
2: And his name is Jack Russell.
1: Uh, well, which, <laughs> like,
2: I won't, and- it, it's
1: hard to not laugh. We just laughed at that i mean it's like come on
3: all right wait, wait 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 wait. you know what would be the next exciting thing for me if marvel does do it just give me a nova series and i'll be on Well, that. We, know
0: he's, we know james gunn is bringing nova into uh the next guardians of the galaxy it's uh who do they cast again uh, uh
1: oh um yeah from, uh, uh, why I am feels, i you know that oh. he
0: was in detroit
1: yeah um
0: why am i forgetting his name
1: british he's a british actor john
3: yeah, not John. No,
1: no, um, no, no, no. It's not, it's not John. Something guys in the live chat help us he out. He was in Black Mirror. He was in Bandersnatch. Um, and and I'm, Will Poulter. Will Poulter.
3: Will Poulter is. Uh, I thought be- he was Warlock. Yeah, Adam Warlock. Oh,
0: you're yeah. right. It is Adam Warlock. It's. Why, what, why do I got Nova? What,
3: Nova, the young kid. He, he's in the Spider-Man series the right Nova now. The oh, well, series. in the Spider-Man series. He was well, I right.
1: mean, no, but Nova's a different character. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, no, yeah the the older Nova or right, younger that Nova. Was, that yeah. was Adam Warlock. You're totally right about that. I got them confused there for a second. Thank you for clarifying that. All right, what's next?
2: From Saud, what is a film you like with a bad Rotten Tomatoes score and film you hate with a good Rotten Tomatoes I, score? I,
0: I don't know. I would have to sit down with Rotten Tomatoes over yeah, in front yeah. of me to, to know for sure. Look, I, I look- The I, Counselor. I, Ooh. yeah i hate that movie but i love it but there, but like uh like i mean we all know that there are movies that most people love that we don't we all have them like for me it's like uh uh blade runner i i'm not a big fan of blade runner um man of steel i think is the most underrated film of all time or well, not most underrated film but the most underrated comic book film of all time but i i again i would have to have rotten tomatoes in front of me to be able to know that for sure unfortunately all right, what's next?
2: Jerome, seen episode seven of From Epics yet?
0: I have not seen episode seven yet, and I'm so glad you brought this up. So From is this terrific series on Epics that I love. Now, the reason I found out about From, I'm, gonna be, I'm, giving, I'm giving you guys a look behind the curtain right here. I'm Full disclosure, okay? I only found out about this series because Epics got in touch with me because they wanted to pay me money to tweet about from. It's an influencer ad campaign. It's standard. This happens all the time. Nothing new. I had never been asked to be paid to put out tweets. And I'm going to tell you how much they were paying me. I told Rob and Chris how much they're paying me. (laughs) They wanted, I think, six tweets from me. You pay me fifteen thousand dollars.
1: That's a lot of hot toys, son.
0: <laughs> fifteen thousand dollars to put Thank out you. some tweets. So, I thought, sure. But I did tell them I need to see it first before I tweet about. Because if I don't, if I think the show's bad, I'm not going to tweet it. So they sent me the first few episodes, and straight up, I'll, I will tell you, I love the show. Now, of course, no one's going to believe I love the show because I am telling you, I got paid $15,000 to get on Twitter to promote it, and I have to put the little hashtag sponsored on that so everybody always knew that this was a sponsored tweet. But I will tell you straight, I tell you all that so you know that I love this show. And they pay me to talk about it on the John Campius show, like, at all, none. I will straight up tell you, I love this show. I think it's great. I think it's got a, a real, I'm not saying it's as good as the first few seasons is lost, but it's got a real lost vibe to it. The mystery is great. It's legitimately creepy, legitimately scary. The opening sequence of the show is great. I am telling you, I am so glad they contacted me because I would have totally overlooked this show. It's fantastic. Check it out. Um, it's great. And, uh, yeah. And they didn't pay me a red cent to say that on this show, but I'm so, but no, I haven't watched episode seven yet. I haven't watched episode seven yet, but I'm going to do that probably today or tomorrow because this show has been really great. If you haven't checked
1: it out yet, it's pretty great, man.
0: It it's too. have you started I, I, watching yeah, it? Yeah, but oh, I'm so glad you did.
1: I started watching it because of you. But the uh, to be fair, the trailer I thought was really intriguing and they showed like, there's an extended trailer that I'd seen and I'd forgotten that I didn't remember the show was called Frump. Right. I was like, what is I'll it? I'll tell you, not a great title. Terrible title. Not a great title. Terrible. But the the thing that I can't stand is I, it, it's, I call it an impossible premise show. Like, I don't think they know where it's supposed to go. I think they came up with this premise and all this stuff's going on. It's really intriguing. And I am totally into it. It's It doesn't pull its punches. It is really creepy. But I'm just like, one day, I, think, I hope I don't realize that they're just making this up as they go along.
0: I don't know. I think they've got a real real I hope plan. they do.
1: That's because I, I don't want, I'm tired of this bait and switch. I mean, look, Manifest, <laughs> Manifest,
3: <laughs> all right, you know, I mean, I I got there sucked go.
1: into Manifest, and, and I love the fact that they're making that shit up as they go, and thank God it got more seasons, but From is is, is better than that, so I hope it's good. I hope they know where they're going.
0: All right, let's. Keep, we will. We only got a few minutes left here, so let's make sure we get through all of them. Mm-hmm. What's next?
2: Rob's exquisite taste. <laughs> hot toys are indeed expensive. Crazy. Have never bought one because I'm broke, but I'll make an exception for Pattinson's Batman. Mm. He looked badass. Need my own Pattinson on my desk to stare at.
0: I'll. I'll tell you what, man. I. I bought my first hot toy, in four years, when I went to Frank and Sons. And bought my Captain America.
1: And that's a really good one.
0: My, my uh, uh, Infinity War version. Uh, still in the box. Still have been taken it out of the box. But they are so beautiful that it's like potato chips, man. You can't eat just one. That's They're the danger. They're so, so beautiful. And it's... It's so tough. And that's why I, I really don't go that much. And Cause I know if I buy one, like I, I tried and say, well, why don't you buy one for yourself? Like every three months, you know, save up and buy yourself. Cause I'm like, cause then that means every three months, I'm going to have a major internal battle in my own head. Cause once I buy one, see how beautiful it looks, you know, it would look great beside that one. Black widow. That's, mm-hmm. but that's where, that's where the downfall happens. Cause you get one that looks great. And then you start thinking, you know, it would look really great beside that mm-hmm. one. And before you, cause Four. I bought my first hot toy. And then I blinked and I had four or five. Yep. like, I can't afford to have this kind of a lifestyle, right? Rob, how, well, no, I was going to ask you, how do you control yourself? I, I
2: came home one day and Rob and, and Logan looked at me and went, I'm so mad at Rob. Like, Why are you mad at Rob? He's like, I want hot toys so bad now. Well,
1: the, here's here's the way to, to do it. The way to do it, like if you buy them from Sideshow or you buy them from Toys Wonderland or something, mm-hmm. you buy them on time because now the Pattinson Batman doesn't come out until mid or late 2023 so you can literally set it up to pay for it every for 18 months but before so, i get it yeah it, it's not out but it's like, not out for a year and a half i'm like
2: john though i want what i want when i want it
1: i know i don't yeah. want
2: to wait for things instant like some
0: pedestrian that's that's our generate we are instant gratification yeah. when now
1: but see i just look at it this way i mean it's one less double jameson at a bar i just put it up to the I really pre-order
0: those
2: i rub. do too
1: but i'm just saying all right you know, what's next
0: From
2: Blue Jay. Hi, John. Any plans for a movie club on the 2002 Spider-Man movie in honor of its 20th anniversary? 20 years. Oh, I'm going to go kill
1: myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Think about how much of a percentage of your life that actually is. We
0: are definitely going to be doing... A movie club will absolutely have a chapter on uh, Spider-Man, the original Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. Absolutely. I don't know if we're going to coincide with the 20th anniversary, but we are definitely going to do a movie club on that Spider-Man. It's coming up, too. Mm -hmm. Yep.
2: Mufasa. One of my favorite documentaries is the, shark, uh, is the Shark Is Still Working. Have you seen it? Had a much better appreciation of Jaws after watching it.
0: I have not seen it. I mean, I have heard and read many a story about the malfunctions of Bruce, the mechanical shark they used for thing, and all the myriad of problems that they had with it, starting with the fact that they didn't take into account that it's salt water they're going to be putting this thing in, and that caused problems. And by the way, I go on the Universal Studio Tour, at least five or six times a year. I love it. And there's always stories being told about Bruce the Shark. So I've not seen this one. Rob, are you familiar with this
1: one? Uh, not only am I familiar with it, I shot a segment for it at really? Bondi Beach in Australia, in Sydney. Uh, I shot Brian Singer while we were shooting Superman Returns. He's a huge Jaws fan, and they wanted his commentary. So I actually, we went out to Bondi. I go, let's go shoot this on the beach at the ocean. And so that segment's in the documentary.
0: Nice. I didn't even know that. All right. What's next?
2: From Joseph, started Succession last week and I finished all 29 episodes in four days. Show is so good. So good. Haven't started a new show and liked it this much since Breaking Bad.
0: It's, I'll tell you what, I still personally feel like Yellowstone is the best show on TV right now, but Succession is so good. And every episode you think, how can this get more crazy? And how can this get more bonkers? And how can Brian Cox be any better of an actor? And yet he just keeps getting better. And Culkin is great. And the whole cast is wonderful. they so
1: great. It's a nutty show. And the ending of the third season is. It's, it's Godfather. It's so The ending so of the third good.
0: season is completely Godfather. I mean, it's like, the well, it puts his armor. Oh, what's. What's up, Shiv? Oh, oh, it's like, I knew it was you, Fredo. I knew it was you. I know it was you. Kiss on the cheek. He's getting his fishing boat moment. You watch. He's gonna get his fishing boat moment. You have to know, you have to know both Succession and The Godfather to understand that reference. All right, what's next?
2: From Film Code podcast. Co- uh, let's try that again. From Film Code Podcast. Hey John, do you have a movie Blind Spot? Just an area of films that you don't see enough of.
0: I... Mean, I- no, I. I mean, I have certain films that I'm not as big a fan of. Like some people will say, I probably have a blind spot to anime. It's I, I'm not the biggest fan of anime. There's certainly some that I completely love. A lot of Studio Ghibli, a lot of the some of the more classic sci-fi kind of anime stuff. But I'm I'm not generally a huge anime guy. Um, so I probably just say that. I mean, I, I will try just about anything. I I like. Romantic comedies. I, I, I like a good YA movie. I like just about anything. But I think maybe some people for me would say anime. What about you, Chris? You got oh, one I that love that you spot? have that
2: blind spot because it helped me get a job. It
0: did. Like so. One of the reasons <laughs> when I was doing, when I was doing my, my casting and I was looking for a new person to join the John Campy show. And you remember you came down to the, stu- the studio and we had this live. I I, Ray, how many people we interviewed that day? Like 40, 50 people? Yeah,
3: something like that. Mm-hmm. Ray
0: was there with me. And I remember then Chris came in And I was instantly professionally smitten with Chris's glow, her energy, just her personality, all this kind of stuff. But it's when she started talking about anime and I'm like, here's why you're perfect for this, Mm -hmm. because you fill a void that that I have on my show that I can't speak to this stuff nearly as well as you can. And uh yeah, Thanks. the rest was history, yeah, and we're so glad it worked out. That My
2: way. blind spot definitely is horror though. I'm so bad about seeing it. that's why I'm always like, you guys talk about it.
1: <laughs> Ray Rob, what about you? You know, I need to see more 40s film Noir. every time I watch film Noir, i I love it, and I haven't seen enough of it. I mean, I've seen the like double indemnity and uh I, I just need to see more of it because I love it when I see it. I just have missed so much
0: and of course, Ray's blind spot is movies over. Eighty-nine minutes. Yes, that becomes his his blind spot. <laughs> All right, what's next?
2: Um, next we have from Esteban. Love the diverse discussions. Rob, you're the homie. Oh, thank you for so much, Senator Esteban.
0: Rob,
1: I'm the. I am.
2: The you are the homie.
1: I'm the homie. <laughs>
2: the homie, indeed. All right, what's next? <laughs> from Kevin. Oh, from Dalton Gray. Moon Knight is upon us, Rob, with a twenty dollars super chat too. Thank you, Dalton. Thank you, Dalton. Uh, Wait you, a
1: minute. Wait a minute. Isn't it a week away? think so yes so because there's every time somebody says oh we just saw four episodes four episodes of moon Knight." i'm like what are we chopped liver <laughs> we just got rachel ziegler into the academy awards when is somebody <laughs> going to send us the four episodes of moon Knight?" you know what? I,
0: I i will straight i was actually asked the other day if i really and i don't want them because here's the thing if we were to watch the four episodes of moon Knight now we would have six weeks that we would have to wait to see the next episode. And I don't want that. I want to go week to week watching this one. I I, I got now, yeah, if they were offering me the whole series right now, I would I would take it. But I don't think I could watch all four episodes right now and then realize because I had to do that for Wandavision. I had to watch the first two episodes of Wandavision and then I had to wait like four, five, or six weeks to see the next episode. And it
1: sucks. You know, I'm actually with you there because it's going to be fun to watch it on a weekly basis with you beautiful people and discuss it then yeah. so I can extend my uh my uh Arousal for the entirety of the six weeks. Oh, I hate that
0: sentence. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I think most of America hated that sentence. All right. You're what's, it?
1: what's next? Oh, I didn't think about that.
2: <laughs> From Kevin Joyce I saw people sleeping on The Lion King reboot in much the same way they are Avatar 2. The Lion King, 2019, ended up making almost $1.7 billion.
0: Yeah. And I don't care what Amy says. That movie's effing awesome.
1: That movie's great. It's uh, not as good as the original animated. One. No, but it's yeah, it was it's spec- a, a, again a spectacular achievement. For sure.
0: so good. I I love. I mean, I remember I saw it with Aaron, and Aaron was like crying and all that kind of stuff. And just and I got teary eyed too. Like I I could feel my my bottom lip started to tremble a bit when just when the opening scene starts with the sunrise coming up and like as soon as that, I'm like, oh my god, I'm feeling way more emotional right now than I thought I would. I know, thought that
1: movie was great, John. It's amazing because we think of Jon Favreau as being, you know, the sidekick in the Spider-Man movies now. But he made the Jungle, uh, uh, jungle the Book, jungle Book which was great. and Lion King, yep. which are two staggering advances in technology and character choices. And, and Favreau, I don't know what he's doing right now, but the guy, those two, they're, they're, I don't know if they're on par with what Cameron does, but they're pretty s- oh, staggering yeah. achievements.
2: Hopefully he's filming more of the chef show. So I, I love that. I show.
0: really do like sh- that chef show. It's, <laughs> it's really wonderful. good. All right. What's next?
2: All right. From Kevin Joy. Oh, no. From Wraith X7. This probably won't happen, but maybe Hulk will only appear in a special PG-13 cut of Deadpool 3.
0: No, nah. there's, no, they're, they're not going to do that kind of nonsense. That, that we're going to have an R cut, a PG 13 cut. They're, they're not, and they nor should they at all ever even consider doing that. The movie's the movie. Just make your movie. Uh, and I, I, I think there's a good chance we see Hulk show up in it. At least I hope we do at this point now. All right, what's next?
2: From Walid again. How about the wolf boy from Twilight as Wolverine?
0: I'll tell you what here. What was that kid's name again? Taylor uh, Hotner? No, uh, no, it's Taylor. It is? Lautner. 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 Um, I, I sat down and had a sandwich with Taylor Lautner once. Aw. Good kid. Is
2: he sweet? He seems sweet. He
0: is total sweetheart of a dude. And I remember coming out of Twilight, they gave him, I think too early, but they gave him a leading role in an action film. And I can't remember what the name of it was but they gave him a leading role in action film. And and, and honestly, I feel like it's a, like when you draft a quarterback and you start him too quickly. And that's why I felt like they did with Taylor Wagner. He was not ready to lead a film. But I'll tell you what, that dude could have been a legitimate action star because he really impressed me with what he did. In the, and I can't even remember the name of the movie now, but I remember what he did. I bought into him as a legit action star and I think had... They managed his career better. I'm not saying he would be Robert Pattinson today. I'm not suggesting that, but I'm saying I think he would be a guy who's in the game right now. I
2: think he could be doing Chris Pratt kind of roles, that kind of action. Uh,
0: I I would like yeah. to see him make a comeback. Mm-hmm. I really would, because I like the kid. I love him, a Shark Boy. Oh, I totally forgot about that. I, I totally forgot about the My Shark goodness. Boy thing. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Well, and it, that's not the movie I was thinking of, by the yeah. way, it, it, what was it called? Abduction. I, I was going to say, was, I think it was called Kidnap. No, it's called, I think you're right. I think it was called Abduction. Yes. Not a great movie, but it's one that convinced me that this kid could be a really good action star if they, but they threw him out too soon. Mm-hmm. They put him into a lead in a movie and now suddenly he was the lead of a movie that tanked and sucked and kind of killed any momentum he had and i i hope he's able to get that back because i really do quite frankly i like him a lot all right what's next
2: uh from blackmath 88 with a almost 15 dollars super chat thank you thank you man greetings from denmark just want to say hello to my favorite dinner company <laughs> <laughs> finally saw no way home this weekend at a movie night with my colleagues oh nice and went for your spoiler video at home after
0: it, you know what's funny because when we do our open spoiler discussions I always think it's like a one shot, like everybody's going to watch it, watches it with us live. I am always surprised to find out how many people go back and watch those. Like, even like I'll go back and look at the analytics of, uh, I-, I don't know, like a, an Ant Man 2 spoiler or something like that and see that. It still got like thousands of views that month. Like, I, it's crazy to hear that, but I love hearing it. Thank you so much for that, man. And I'm glad you finally had a chance to go and watch that movie. I hope you had a good time, and I hope you enjoyed watching our open spoiler discussion of it as well. All right, what's next?
2: From Glenn Mark, one of three. Hi, John. Is there effective ways to release trailers regarding content? One, what should be in a teaser? Two, what should be in the first trailer? Three, second trailer? Four, final trailer? Um, bah, 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 bah. Should one focus more on cinematic and special effects properties? Should another focus more on showing us who the characters are? Mm. Should still another focus on plot and feel? Cheers.
0: All right. So I th- this is there's no one hard and fast rule for all. Every movie is unique and every marketing campaign for movies should be unique. My general idea is this. The first trailer is what I call your proclamation trailer. It's just a trailer that says to the world, this movie's coming. Make it feel a little bit exciting. You don't really have to give us much of the plot. You don't have to give us all that kind of stuff. just kind of it's like, hey, here's this movie. And ooh, look at it. and, And that should be your first one. The second trailer is where I think you should have the meat. That's where you kind of tell the audience, this is what the movie's about. This is the basic gist. Here's that. And then when you get into your third trailer that's your kind of now's your chance to set off the fireworks like you announced it to the to the world you kind of gave them an idea about what the movie's about now sell it now really sell it give your tastiest little morsels and go and we've seen a lot of movies follow that profile but rob that's not a a recipe that's for every movie right right? there there are differences but that's my kind of general feel how do you you break it well
1: that was a good i mean on these big tentpole properties, there's usually a teaser. Sometimes there's three trailers. But I think the trailers should kind of be like their own story with Act 1, Act 2, and Act 3. Whereas, like you said, you, you, you tell people, here's this movie, it's coming. You get people excited. The first trailer that's released, you give them a sense of the mayhem, the, the goodness that's in there. The second trailer gives you more of the story, explains what is this actually about. And the third trailer is... It it's a it's a, a the promise that the first trailer gave you, the third trailer fulfills, and it brings you into a fever pitch that you must see whatever's happening in this film. That that makes a lot of sense. But some tra- some movies don't need John if it's like a if it's like the North or the Northman probably needs more. But if you watch a movie like The Witch, you don't need more than one trailer.
2: Yeah, you just need a little a
0: moose boosh. That's,
1: That's right. all you need. Nice, nice, nice.
0: No, you do need them because you. you- you are trying to remember you still got to look at the movie as a product and you are marketing this product and you are trying to spread as wide of a net as you can to bring it as a people. so i i would suggest you probably do even on things like that you need more than one to. i mean not for cinephiles like there are but for i mean cinephiles bu- like you know
1: they just don't have for low budget movies they don't have that kind of marketing budget
0: well, I mean, you just, you, know. you got to make sure you divvy it up right and you just got to. But again, that's the challenge of independent filmmaking, yeah, right? For I know. of these. All right. What's next from
2: Collins? Despite all the controversy, I'm still excited to watch the Oscars with my friends at my Oscar party.
0: I'm glad that you are. That's listen. Normally every year, one of my favorite things to look forward to is the Oscar party that I do every year. And just because I've had my enthusiasm for it taken away does not mean I'm trying to take any wind out of your sails. I hope you have a fun night. I hope you have a great night, and I hope you have a terrific party, and I hope I can get back to doing that again next year. Uh, At least that's what I'm going to hope. All right, thanks for sending that in, Collins. All right, what's next?
2: From Noah, I feel like I have the fix DC and WB needs for the screw-up of how they have handled everything. Move Snyderverse to HBO Max and call it the max universe, and just spend time in theaters focusing on Batman and build out a new universe with him after about three movies, go into new Superman, etc. Uh,
0: Yeah, if they want to go bankrupt, that sounds like a great plan. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to make any, look, they're not going to make any money doing that. I mean, everybody, you know, we talked about this the other day with Turning Red. Somebody wrote in and said, hey, man, did you hear that Disney is saying that Turning Red got their the most hour views in the first weekend of anything they've put up so far as far as an original movie goes that's great how much money did that make them somewhere around zero made them no money i i don't think they got a lot of new subscribers for for that so the people who are already subscribed watched it great fantastic you didn't make any money there are some properties that are come along that will entice new subscribers i don't think turning red was the one at least not the way it was marketed. Now, you put that in theaters first, get everybody loving it, and then put it on Disney+. Plus. Everybody's, I mean, I love that movie. I got to have Disney+, Plus so I can watch it again. I, I mean, that works. Making Snyder, first of all, Warner Brothers and Discovery want nothing to do with Snyderverse anymore. I, I, I Unless, remember, when I say Snyderverse, some people think DCEU is Snyderverse. DCEU, yes. Snyderverse, no. They, they've moved on. they moved past it. And by the way, so is Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder's totally moved on. He's totally moved on. He's doing his thing in Netflix, and we'll see how that all turns out. But uh, no, it's just a money losing... They lost their shirts on the Zack Snyder Justice League. As much as that turned out to be a better movie, they still lost tons of money, and it cost the chairman of Warner Media his job for greenlighting it. And there's just no money to be made there. I don't know. Uh, Rob, also, you,
1: you know, I, I agree with you. Uh, as much as I would love to see another Justice League movie to finish out that Dark Side story, it'd be very, very cool. We still are getting the Snyderverse. His Wonder Woman... His Flash, his Aquaman are still being put in movies. They're still making movies. We got two Aquaman movies from Zack Snyder's iteration from the first glimpse in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice to Zack Snyder's Justice League to two Aquaman movies. That's a continuation of the Snyderverse. Sort of. Yeah, but that's not what people mean when they say you No, Snyder I know like they will Zack recognize Snyder to come back yeah. and, but I mean that's pretty extraordinary. That we did get that and Wonder Woman and Flash. And Zack Steiner cast all those actors as in those roles. Yep. So that's a pretty that's a pretty that's a that's a that's a win, man. All right, what's next?
2: Sebastian saw Adam Project and my girlfriend, and we loved it.
0: I listen, I'm not gonna I, I didn't like it as much as say free guy. It's a delight, it's a really nice little movie, yeah. man. I, I liked it a lot. I, I mean love it. a little weaker in the story. little weaker in the script but the way it was put the way sean levy took that and just presented it and put it together of course ryan reynolds is ryan reynolds um i i thought it was a really look one of the and look you know me i think netflix sucks when it comes to the original movies they do but this is one of the winners this is definitely one of the winners and i don't think so i'm not saying that just because it's ryan reynolds because you know what i thought about red notice
1: Right. right right of course
0: but but this one, this one is a winner. It absolutely is. All right, what's next?
2: Sam Fisher, ladies and gentlemen, the Academy, Benny Hill, music.
0: That's pretty much it. That's what we're looking at this year. All right, what's next? Jerome, you think Yellowstone will go the same way as The Godfather or Sons
2: of Anarchy did?
0: You'd have to specify what you mean by that. I, I really don't know what you mean by that. If you're talking about going the way of tragedy, yeah, yeah, I can see, I can see this thing ending tragically. Yep, I totally can. I don't want it to. But, I mean, when you look at the show and understand what John Dutton is fighting for, John Dutton is literally fighting the future. It's a battle he's going to lose. Yeah. And the show's kind of made no qualms about that. that, No. That he's this is a battle he cannot win. His family knows he cannot win it. It's just an inevitability that he's just going to fight and fight and fight until he loses. But he's going to lose at some point. 100%. And I love that. I do too. I love that they're going to do That's kind that. of the point of the story itself. Yeah, I agree. All right, what's next? Michael Bradley. Hello, John.
2: Caught the Batman and Dolby at AMC. Nice. And it was awesome. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness trailer looked incredible in Dolby.
0: That's the other th- the great thing about seeing movies in the AMC Prime Dolby is that <sighs> the trailers look better than you've ever seen them before. Yeah. Right? I mean, and that is one of the great things. I had seen that trailer on that screen is something pretty damn special, Michael. I'm glad you had that experience, dude. All right, what's next?
2: The Gixer 73. I would love to see Azriel in the next Batman movie.
0: Azriel. Azriel, excuse me. I mean, look, I don't know that you can. I mean, Azriel, so Jean-Paul Valley, who is also known as the character Azriel. So where that comes from is in the iconic Batman story of Nightfall when Batman has his back broken by Bane and has to go away. Gotham still needed a Batman. And instead of turning to Dick Grayson, which later on becomes a very major story, big story point and point of contention between Dick and uh, Bruce. But he instead turns to this unknown commodity, Jean-Paul Valley, known as Azrael. And Azrael becomes the new Batman. It doesn't go well. No. It starts well. But he is definitely a more violent... Yeah. uh, Not a stable... No, not very stable, but a more violent, a little bit more of a brutal Batman who initially gets some pretty good results. He starts going out whooping ass and taking names, but he starts to go further and further and further. And then even Robin starts, who was Tim Drake at the time, Robin starts to get a little bit like, I don't think this is right. And then he starts whooping Robin. (sighs) And it's at that point that Dick gets involved. And thankfully, Bruce then makes his return. He takes back the mantle, the bat, which ends in one of my favorite comic book movie uh, moments of all time when Bruce and Dick are having it out in the back. When when Dick Grayson, they finally fixed everything. Bruce is back and Dick Grayson is, what the hell, man? What the hell? Why didn't you come to me? I'm basically your fucking son. Why did you not come to me? And it ends... I just never forget. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but it's one of the most beautiful. I've never been moved more in a comic book when Bruce basically puts his hand on his shoulders and it says, basically, and I'm paraphrasing. I suppose this is the way it always is between fathers and sons. And I remember that moment, like broke me. Oh, and it was like, so great. Sorry. I love that story so much. That's That's a blind spot in my comic knowledge. So I appreciate that. Uh, whenever, yeah, whenever Mm Azrael gets brought up, but like that, but, you can't just, here's Asriel. I mean, out of context, I don't know that it works as well, but hey, if Matt Reeves thinks he's got a great idea for Asriel, and by the way, later on, Asriel does rejoin the Bat family. Uh, he does come kind of come back into the fold later on in the stories. But anyway, th- there's that. All right, what's next?
2: From Brandon, what's happening? OG Campia can't be a crew. <laughs> I've been a big fan since I was a kid watching AMC, MT movie, movie talk. talk. Uh, your content is always evolving, and Ray has me in tears every time he jokes about Rob's Star Wars production.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was—I didn't produce it. I was just in it.
0: <laughs> it was a production you were in, though. Uh, yeah. No, I listen, Brandon. Thank you so much, and thank you for watching since the AMC days. It's—I I, again, those are days I look back fondly on. Um, I mean, we we did a lot of great things over there, and, and thank you so much for as. I've evolved and changed and done things over the years. The fact that so many of you guys have come along for the ride with me is really amazing. So thank you so much for that, Brandon. I appreciate it a lot. And here's to a bunch more years and more Robert Meyer Burnett productions (laughs) in the future. (laughs) All right, what's next?
2: We're just closing out with a bunch of support. Bush and Ryu Cat, Al Renshaw, and the man with the master plan. Thank you so much for your donations. Thank you
0: guys for sending that in just to be supportive. And guys, that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Canby Show, thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Canby Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Guys, want to remind you that a little bit later today at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we are doing our movie club of possibly the greatest film of all time, The Godfather. Woo-hoo. If uh, Ray just watched it for the first time, can't wait to hear his take on it. We hope you guys will come back and join us for that. And of course, make sure you come back and join us for the John Campus Show tomorrow. Guys, while you're here, click on that subscribe button. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel here. Click the thumbs up button if you want to help our videos and leave a comment down below on any or all the topics that we discussed here today. All right, guys, going around the room for Robert Meyer Burnett, the wonderful Chris Carr, the one and the only Ray Aura. My name is John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.